This episode and most episodes of A Beer With are recorded live in Diffuse Studios. You can get it spinning a tune. You can get it podcasting before noon. You can get it when you're feeling real tops. And you can get it at Friday knockoffs. Because a hard-earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is A Beer With, the podcast stubby cooler. Get it on a live stream. You can get it while making a meme. You can get it when you're playing COD. And you can get it while listening to the pod. Because a hard earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. You can get it right in the baseline. You can get it chatting on FaceTime. You can get it talking about. Matter of fact, I've got one now. Because a hard-earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. Go to the website, abeerwith.com, for all your podcast needs, including the one place to find a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. How are we, everyone? Welcome back to another episode. Today's Monday. I'm actually at home today uh, recording this one, this intro for this episode. I had Jesse Cush on the show uh, on the weekend. Um, it was a really great chat. You know, he he's a guy behind Open Records. We talk about heaps in this episode. So let's just run that music and get this episode underway. Hi guys, welcome back. This is another episode of A Beer With. I'm your host, Jai. Today on the episode, we have Jesse Cush. Now, Jesse is a music producer and DJ as well, uh, but he's the guy behind Open Records. He started that a number of years ago. Uh, we talk about all that in this episode. Uh, we also talk about, you know, a huge range of things in the music industry in general uh, and sort of, you know, stuff to do with releases and record labels and things like that. Um, and then we also go into a little bit of stuff about, you know, uh, how Jesse got into music, um, how sort of COVID has been uh, this in these times. And we even touch on how techno started. So um, you know, if that's something that interests you, make sure you stick around for this episode. All right, guys. So as always, sit back, crack a beer if you have one and enjoy the episode. This is a beer with Jesse Cush. Yeah, perfect. That's good. All right, cheers, cheers. mate. Welcome to uh, the podcast, Thanks, Jesse. Um, you know, open records, killing it at the moment, mate. Yeah, killing it. Definitely. So let's start off talking about what's going on now, some of the success, because especially this last, I suppose, COVID or this year. Just you know, been been killing. It. Not that you haven't in the past, no, but no. <laughs> it's been going really well lately. So, Definitely got um, a bit of momentum going. Yeah. For sure. So what's been you know? Well, today's actually today's actually a good day. It's um the release of our new EP by Liam Seeker from Melbourne. It's called The Forest, featuring Alice Campbell on vocals. Um, it's got a remix by Doppel, who many people know. He's yep. probably the man of the moment in Australia right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Probably wouldn't hesitate to say he's the sort of hottest. Australian producer of the moment and yep. a sort of integral part of Open Records. And then we also got um, Indian guy, weird sounding dude on board as well, who's yep. also kicking some major goals lately. So yeah, cool. really happy with this one. It's a bit deeper than the last couple we've done, yep. sort of a bit more melodic, but it's actually a track we've been sitting on for quite a while. Okay, um, yeah. Sort of written 
written a couple of years back. It's been through a lot of iterations and whatever, but yeah, we finally got it across the line and yeah, yeah really, really happy with the release. We'll have to see what uh, happens tonight with the charts. Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think our, all of our releases this year have, have done pretty well on the charts. Yeah. yeah so what's this year? Like what are some of the big, you know, releases you've had that have done well so far this year in, in 2020? The biggest one was Time Machine, um, John yep. Baptiste and Amuse from Melbourne with a remix from Jamie Stevens as well who I don't know if you know Jamie but pretty much I would say Australia's most iconic dance music producer really when it comes yep. down to it. He was a member of Infusion back in the day which was oh, right, yep. ARIA award winning yep. um, sort of Australian live electro sort of band yep. and then last, you know, decade or so or more he's been producing soloist Jamie Stevens and, you know, he's got big stuff on Bedrock and yep. All Day I Dream and Menja Massey and all these yep. sort of like, you know, elite labels so yeah but yeah jamie's like good friend of mine and been working with him for a very long time too i think actually our first ever real beatport chart hit was a remix of gmj okay first yeah. there was sound i couldn't even tell you what year it was maybe 2009 yeah but yeah so we've had you know three or four tracks with him over the years now and yeah. good friend amazing producer one of my idols pretty yeah. honored to call him a mate these days to be honest yeah but yeah that one did Surprisingly well, like it went to number one on Organic House on Beatport, and yeah. I think it was number number three overall on the overall chart. Yeah. And so, and that's so good for like you know for you know something that's in the Organic House yeah. subgenre or subcategory mm. to number three. Like that's huge. Like you think yeah. about all the genres and all the music that's out there. Yeah. Um, that's really cool that you know that that's yeah. It's a new that. genre. Like Beatport yeah. only created it this year because mm. there was kind of this weird thing where stuff like all day I dream and whatnot um, really didn't have a genre that fits them. It's like them. in between. Yeah. It's like a bit of this, bit of this. It wasn't but, quite yeah. deep house, and they popped them into melodic techno and house. <laughs> but then this sort of it's not really real that, melodic yeah. techno sound took over that genre and kind of yeah. So they it was something that Beatport obviously had been working on for a while, and they actually did it in collaboration with I know with our distribution Proton. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know it was like a it's it's good. I think you know a lot of. People will talk a little bit about the beatport genres, but really they're about the crowd that are listening yeah. to the music more than the sound because there's so much crossover in house and techno anyway. Yeah. You know, so if you've got a, a nice genre there that fits a particular sound, then it works, yeah. you know. To be honest, I actually didn't I actually put this one in melodic techno and house and beatport yeah, yeah. changed it at the last minute. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. And I was a bit annoyed because I was like, this isn't really like organic yeah. house to me, but then it like got charted and they put it in all so of their like. Apparently it is. Yeah, apparently <laughs> it is. And yeah, so it did super well for us. And yeah. I was actually stoked. It, it the Jamie's remix is now his best selling track of the last twelve months, oh, that's according cool. to his Beatport chart. So yeah, you know, to sit there above kind of these other big labels was a pretty mind blowing thing yeah. for me. Um, but yeah, like all of our releases have done pretty well. Um, the last two have hit. Uh, number three in Progressive House. Yeah. Um, the one, you know, one I'm obviously pretty proud of is uh, the remixes of Thank You City, Nothing But G, because I did a remix with um, yep. my good friend Boy With Boat. Got to give him most of the credit there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's definitely the wizard here. I'm yep. just I'm just good at arrangements. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, that did really well as well. Doppel remix on there too. And then, like, Doppel's last release, which was the first single off his new album, Eucalyptograph, which we're doing later this year. Cool. With support of the ACT government, they gave him a, a COVID grant. So oh, that's awesome. we decided to to do the full length thing. Yeah. And a lot of people have been waiting for a bit more than a couple of tracks from Doppel here and there. And so yeah, yeah. he's he's doing the album with us at the end of the year. And, and that's cool because, you know, he's like you said, he's at that level now. You know, it yeah. takes 
I, I see young guys who are just starting and just one or two releases and then they're writing an album and it's like, I mean, it's great as a learning tool and as a creative outlet and stuff, but it's like, it's really tough to, to, to actually push an album and market and sell and make yeah. it successful unless you've got that base and following, isn't it? Totally. And I think you've got to really have a reason to do an album these days. The yeah. way the music industry, like, you know, Open Records has actually been going 13 years officially, you know, and yeah. it's, we've gone from being... What was a, your first release that you did? It was you called remember? Slow Release. Yeah, I, we can tell the story of that later, actually. Okay, There's yeah, we'll get a, into it later. Yeah, Open yeah. Records has a convoluted but pretty interesting all history, right, really. Yeah, we'll but, definitely get into the history. But, yeah, yeah, like we came from... When we started out, it was all pretty much all physical and digital was kind of just... Like oh, Beatport was in its infancy. That's interesting. So you know, you've seen it yeah, from, from and I've both seen sides, basically yeah. the whole industry just keep collapsing sales-wise yeah. anyway for a very long time, um, right up until now where people don't consume music the way they used to. No. So I think if you're doing an album, it's got to be a real body of work. It's got to, you know, yeah. um, be worth doing because, you, like you said, you've got to have an established fan base mm. for it to connect because people's attention spans now are so short, yeah. you know, like... A, a lifespan of a, an EP release is two to three weeks, you know? Yeah. You know, you might have tunes that keep getting played because they're great and that's kind of what I try and pick with open is tunes mm. that are going to stand the test of time. But yeah. at the same token, like, you've got to understand, especially the way dance music works where the premium is really on the fresh stuff, yeah. you know, like you, if you're doing something with ten tracks, how do you, you know, make that not just be a blip in the radar? Yeah. You know? And the other thing is, like, you know, like you said, it's fresh tracks. It's like, well, instead of doing the 10 as an album, you you can do the 10 but just release one every two weeks, you know, or, th- yeah. or a month or whatever it is. Exactly. Um, so that you are, they are constantly fresh. And yeah. the problem is that that's not really, like not every album track is going to be that kind of a no. single, you know, sort of track. There's heaps of tracks on albums. So that's why I think, like you said, the concept, yeah. it's got to be a concept or it's got to be one body of work or something like that. Yeah. Um. So I think that's... Yeah, that's definitely like the value there for that. We're trying to approach this one a little bit more like a band would, you know? Yeah. Like we're doing singles in the lead up. Mm. We'll do singles afterwards. Got some remixes lined up for the singles and stuff. So, yeah. you know, while there'll be one big dump of tracks in, in, in summer, we're sort of going to have a couple of things leading up to it that really yeah. primes it. And, you know, like Double's on a complete roll at the moment. It's yeah. not just us he's releasing on. Yeah. You know, he's got stuff on Iron Musica, which is Iron Music's label. That's huge. Yeah. He's got another one dropping on Basic Records in a couple of weeks or even less than a couple of weeks, like eight days or something like yeah. that. And super great release. He's had track on digital structures, you know. So, like, there's definitely some major momentum going there now. Yeah. And, like, it was like, it's the hardest thing for this one at the moment. It's actually been trying to figure out where to put his releases on open in between all the other stuff he's doing because he's so busy. so busy, yeah. But, yeah, we're sort of clearing the decks a little bit closer to the album so he can really double down on that and and make it work. And we're sort of exploring a few ideas. We've got a film clip being made for Kisses Kisses from the Canopy, which is the last EP that's in the works at the moment. Um, We're looking at a crowdfunding campaign for some vinyl as well because I think, like, again, it's one of those things that it makes it a collector's item then rather than just a, you know, Flip in yeah. the sand digital thing. And, you know, coming into summer, now we've got 
things actually looking like they might happen, which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. Hey, you can stand and drink yeah, now. Yeah, that's it. And <laughs> Who would know, have thought yeah. last, like, in 2020 we'd be excited to be able to stand, stand. up and drink? <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> you can stand and drink now. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, but, you know, like, we're looking like we might even be able to have dance floors by December, <laughs> and that's yep. a pretty good thing for... We just need to have, a like, a wedding every weekend. Yeah, totally. Just, if you want to get married, a, so we can have a dance. Can, yeah, well, I, I reckon, <laughs> I know a few celebrants, so uh, we can we can organise that, yeah. um, and I'm, we've got everything else sorted with the industry so um just open weddings mm. oh, they, open <laughs> weddings that sounds like a, that's a it's our new uh, new division December. we're definitely going to make more money off that than cheese i think <laughs> yeah um but yeah so that's you know it's crazy and I, i've seen that you guys um you're doing a, an event sort of a regular one now yeah. on is the Sundays, right? Every yep. second Sunday at Every Sub Every second Rosa. Sunday, yeah. This is actually Butter's little um, thing. Butter's is obviously one of my best mates and collaborator yep. with things like Melt. And we Wearing one of his shirts. You well. certainly are. A bit of more. I, knew, I was trying to find one, but there was an unclean. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, now nah, look, Butter's, this is, i got to give full credit to Butter's here. You know, it's his night. He's going to be curating the whole yeah. thing. He does all our design. He's involved in sort of you know, A&R stuff at the label and just basically so he know, my he partner He's part of the team, really. Yeah, it's yeah. not like, nah, he's, yeah. he's just taking, right -hand taking man, charge of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but nah, they sort of offered him a, him a regular thing. And we were, it's funny, we were kind of trying to figure out a name, whether we would do it under Melt, whether we would do it under, you know, yeah. another name. And I just kind of joked that maybe we should just call it Open Sundays because the place is on Open on Sundays. Yeah. And it was like, ding, <laughs> light yeah, bulb. Perfect. And here we are. So, yeah. no, it's really cool. It's great that we're going to have, you know, the Sunday session going again because that's like sort of where I've particularly been playing a lot more in yeah. Brisbane is on that, you know, whether it was Capulet, Sub Rosa, whatever. It, like those, you know, Sub Rosa, I almost called it Capulet, but yeah. Sub Rosa, Capulet Sub Rosa, um, that venue is great for afternoon day parties. Like that's that's totally the oh, vibe. Like there, what it's like, made for, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, really. Outdoors, great sound yeah. system. You know, even if you have to sit down, I don't think that's such a bad thing on a Sunday. You know, no, that's what like, I mean. Like a day party is more of a social thing, isn't yeah, it? It's exactly. Like you still have obviously your, the music and the dancing and all that kind of stuff is part I don't of know. it. Have you been to one of the melt day parties? I don't know if you would call yeah, it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's definitely a dance floor going yeah, on there. But yeah, yeah. No, I totally, totally appreciate it. You know, yeah. it's something you can. You know, if you've been out on Friday or Saturday as well. And you're just looking for something chill to do on yeah. a Sunday. It's going to start with actual chill music. It's not just going to be yeah. dance music the whole time. We've got yeah, cool. Mixed Business, who's Christopher Brooks's sort of chill hop, yeah, know, cool. soul kind of project, and that's that. Like he'll be kicking off, and Butters just got a new chill project called Hugs. I don't know if that's public, but if it is, announcement. <laughs> there you go, yeah. bang, bang announcement. Yeah. I think I've, I think he's showed me a few of those um, yeah. tunes. Yeah. We went to the, um, went to Kick Ons after that dark kitchen or whatever yep. where they produce the thing yeah and he was just like because i had never heard him like any of his original stuff i heard him when he was doing subzilla stuff with with yep. ra and then i just he'd never shown me anything or or anything and then i heard his tunes at the dark kitchen i was like oh this is like awesome dude mm -hmm. where, where why yeah. haven't you sent me any of these like how yeah. are I, you know and then um he's like oh and then he was like i don't know whether he was just like stoked that i was keen and started showing me a heap of tunes at the kick-ons yeah. um and he showed me one i think you guys were yeah, working yeah, we've got on a couple too. working yeah. on at the moment actually yeah so that yeah, but that yeah really cool. um look butters is a wizard i think he's like you know as a dj possibly the most diverse dj in yeah. almost australia really there's not many yeah. people who can go from sort of 
chill through hip hop breaks, drum and bass, funk, yeah. house, techno, whatever. You know, like yeah. I've seen him do it all in one set, let alone, you yeah. know, and like I think. And do it well. Do it well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like wizard style. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like I couldn't. I can I can definitely mix, but I can't I couldn't mm. blend it like that, you know. Like yeah. he just makes it seem seamless, and you know I think he's been plugging away in the studio for a very long time. But mm. the last couple of years, he's really knuckled down and got serious and bought himself a mug and you know all these things yeah, that yeah. have really kind of lifted that sound, you know. And I know he's just it. super keen on it at the moment, especially like with the whole lockdown thing. Yeah, you know, it's given yeah. everyone a chance to sort of get creative and do some other stuff mm. other than partying all the time, you know. So yeah, yeah, no. Full full points to Butters, and I think everyone's going to be really excited when when they hear what he's been up to because yeah. it's pretty next. I've level. never met anyone who doesn't love Butters. No, he's, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. Like, he's the he's the glue that binds us all in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. And I even said to him, I was like, "Oh man, you need to go other places and do things." And he's like, "No, man, I can't leave. I've yeah. got to stay here. Like, we've got to keep this scene going. Like, yeah. you know." Yeah, so true. He's um, you know, like I love that about Butters that he's he's all about the community and everything like yeah, that. It's totally. not like you know, um, so yeah, but um. So, you know, how did you, since we're talking about the Butters thing, mm. how did you meet Butters then? If he's sort of your right-hand man, you were saying, and I know you guys have done Melt stuff together, and I, I think I met you at one of the Melts yeah. um, where um, Butters was like, Joe, you got to meet Jesse. You, have, yeah. you guys no, haven't met yet. Yeah, and I, remember, I was like, hey, man, how true. you going? Yeah. Nah, it's funny. We actually haven't known each other for that long, but it's like one of those cases of like, we were doing like the same things and had the same taste and everything for a yeah. long time. Jay Berry introduced me to him at yep. Capulet one time. Yep. And we just had a brief chat and, like, we both knew of each other. In fact, I'd, like, watched him play back in the day, playing breaks when I didn't even live in Brisbane. I just used to yep. come down from Cairns. Yeah. I'd party or whatever, stuff. you know. Yeah, yeah. And, like, so I knew who he was. But it was really manifest, I think, 2016 that yep. we really connected. And it's funny, we had this little moment. He was fully vibing on Doppel and that was Doppel's first gig in Brisbane. Okay, yeah. And it was actually where I met Doppel too. We'd released some stuff and had some success with his first single yeah, Melt, yeah. which to this day is still his best selling best selling release with us and I think anyone else really. And and anyway, um, you know, we'd sort of it was this meeting of the minds and I remember Butters sort of dragged all of his crew down to the to the dance floor on Sunday because yeah. Open Records was hosting the Sunday afternoon on the main stage. And and I was sort of standing there with Andy Doppel and, um, you know, Butters, I like said g'day to Butters because we'd sort of met once and we started having a bit of a chat and he's just like, yeah, I'm I'm here to see Doppel. And I'm like, well, <laughs> Butters, me, Andy, yeah, yeah, Doppel. Yeah. And that was sort of where we all met and we're all like super great mates now. Yeah, so yeah. it's really down to that. And, you know, pretty much from then on in, we've just been super tight and, you know, the more we hang out, this is like a brother to me, you know. Yeah. It's just one and of And it's those probably, people. you know, similar vibes of music that you guys enjoy and stuff like that. Obviously, yep. he loves Doppel and yep. was there to see him and you guys had had a real, you know, so it's... It's, it's amazing yeah. how music can bind people, but when it comes down to it, we just like similar vibes in a lot of things. Yeah. You know, like there's certain people you meet along the way and yeah. it's often for me it's through music. I don't know if that's like because we're on a similar vibe or it's just the yeah. scene we're in or whatever, but, you know, like when you just connect with someone, you know, on a yeah. kind of deeper level, it's like, yeah, he's, he'll be my brother for life for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
definitely. Yeah. Um, so let's go back and talk about how Open Records started. Then yeah. you said there was an interesting story with the first release. Yeah, it's, let's let's it's, get. It's been a, it's a long and semi cautionary tale, I think. Yeah, well, like, that's good. People yeah. need to hear those, yeah, those so, cautionary tales. Yeah, and maybe you can laugh about it now a little bit as well. I definitely can, but yeah. it's also been linked to some of the biggest lessons I've had in my life. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know about. Mid noughties, 2005, 2006, me and my friend Ian Young, um, who used to DJ under Woodsman, were both playing out a lot of festivals and doofs. We were pretty regular yep. faces, you know, we were starting to get gigs at things like Rainbow Serpent and the big sort of festivals around. Yep. And like we both, he was DJing for Zenon Records, which is like a huge, worldly famous psychedelic progressive label. Yep. And I was playing a kind of deeper, more melodic sound that was pretty popular at Doof's, but there wasn't like any labels really doing it. And yeah. we like had, we'd met these guys who had initially been like my musical heroes, guys like Antics, Descend, Sun Control Species, uh, Igor, etc. And they were all like making incredible tunes and were great dudes, but no one really wanted to release that sound that they were doing. And yeah. I, we were both like, what the hell? Like, yeah, this is great music. Why isn't anyone doing it? And like, because Ian had been involved with Zenon and they were starting to really blow up, we kind of like were a little bit inspired there, I think. Yeah. And we were like, I don't know, I think I was about 22 and he would have been 24 or something. And we thought, let's give this a go. So yep. we put together a compilation featuring the guys that I just spoke about and some yep. other some other cool artists from around the world. And it was actually really successful. It's called Slow Release. Um, and it's the days of CDs when that was still yep. like the deal, you know. So, like, we put out this CD, we signed up to a distribution in Denmark and we signed up to Stomp Distribution in Australia for digital and, like, the CD did actually super well. By yeah. today's standards, it'd probably make, like, the ARIA top ten in sales. It, like, did, like, 4,000 copies or something. Yeah. But because we were kind of young and dumb and didn't really, like, know what we were doing, um, first up, the, the distribution in the Denmark collapsed and so we, like, sold all these records... But didn't get, didn't get a cent from it, you know, and, uh, you know, went on with That's the not really your fault though, is no, it? No, it's not. But not it's really. like, you know, yeah. you probably if you had had better sense with how contracts worked or whatever, there's sort of all sorts of funny deals back then because music was a lot more profitable and, you, you know, yeah. you had to sell an X amount of money before yeah, you got yeah. paid or whatever and we they to kind cover of the cost yeah, of whatever. Some, yeah, yeah. And they kind of like ran us out for a long time and then collapsed and took all of our money. And then basically the same thing happened twice more with digitals. So with like digitals, yeah, though. with digitals, like the Stomp was a very high-profile collapse in Australia. They did the same thing. We had to make, I, I can't remember the exact amount, but it was a certain amount per quarter to get paid. And if you didn't, it rolled over to the next quarter and blah 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 blah. And we weren't super active on the digital front then, so we weren't making that much money. And again, Stomp collapsed, owing eleven million dollars, I think. And they were like a huge distribution. Yeah, Guys yeah. like Balance who are still active were part of Stomp at that stage, you know. And the whole collapse just took all this money out of Australian dance music in particular. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of happened again with another guy that I signed up to afterwards. So, you know, for the first very long part of Open Records, we were spending money on it but literally didn't make a cent. But you know? you're spending money on it. Being successful, yeah, but not getting money on, in return on, on numbers. You know, we were, like we were actually quite, you know, we were kicking goals back then. We had a Beatport number one, I think, in twenty twelve. You know, yeah, yeah. So 
But yeah, again, barely saw a cent from it. Got a few pay payments here and there, but like compared to what I spent, it's just like not even close, you know? Yeah. So like after a while, actually, you know, Ian, Ian sort of had a few things going on in his life and he left yeah. pretty early in the piece. So it was really just yeah. me dealing with it by that stage. And then there was a long period where I kind of went, you know what, like this has cost me a lot of money and, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I'm not seeing anything for it. I kind of like got a bit disheartened and mm. gave it a break for a while. And then. How long was the break then? Uh, couple, definitely a few years, three, three, three years, years, something three like years, that, three, three years. four years. It was like we did the odd thing. We might stick out like one EP. But you weren't of, like, but we weren't you know, if someone, if someone like was like, oh, can you release this? You're like, oh, yeah, it's cool. Mm. We'll release it. But it's not like you were actively looking for people no, and taking just, in submissions on the thing all yeah, the time. Yeah, I mean, I still kind of don't do that. It's mainly just my friends. But, again, we were sort of releasing a lot of overseas artists back then as well. And that just made no sense to me in the long run because they didn't know us. They weren't friends with us, you know, and, like, we'd spend money on, like, an advance or something like that. And it just would, like, even if that sold quite well, wouldn't really add up, you know. And after a while, I kind of got... They're not part of the collective. No, You know no. what I mean? Like, they're not part of the team. Like, it's a bit different, isn't it? No, like it definitely is. And, like, that's what I came to realise. And there was this funny moment. It was, like, 2016. And um, this is where kind of double comes into the picture, really, is that, you know, I'd, I was, like, wanted to get the label going again because I yeah. had good friends who... We're making great tunes. And again, no one was really releasing it. So it was sort of like I was in that same position again when we started. But I had a really good think about it. And there was a couple of things that happened that made me really made me really um think was one is I got a I got a long email from the guy that owns Technosis Records in Canada. And he wrote me this thing going, Where are you guys at? You know, you guys actually helped inspire our label and kind of there's a whole sound of this going on in Canada right now. Are you guys ever going to do anything again? And I was like, what? Like, that's so cool. Eh? Sometimes like, when you're in this little like microcosm of what you're doing, you don't see the kind of bigger impacts. Mm. Well, you don't you know until unless he sent you that email, yeah. you would never know about that, no. you know? And I think that's something important for anyone doing anything that's like creative or anything like that is that a lot of the times it feels, and I've got this from the start when I started the podcast, you know, a lot of times it feels that no one's listening. No one's noticing, no one's, you know, whatever, but they actually are, but yeah. they're just not like telling you yeah, or something exactly. like that. Not, like, yeah, I, I yeah. totally agree. And like, I always knew, knew Open had an impact because, you know, when we started, we were really the only label doing the sound we were doing in the yeah. world. Yeah. And we did build up quite a large fan base. I could see from the amount of Beatport followers and yeah. SoundCloud stats and all that sort of stuff. We, yeah. were, we did well. And I knew, I knew it was a thing, but I, I think, you know, that letter plus then I was sort of cruising around SoundCloud one day and I like just found my way onto Doppel's page and he had this track on there called Melt and I just like listened to it once and just lost my mind. Like it was the best track that I'd heard in years. Yeah. And like I couldn't believe it wasn't out anywhere. I was like searching Beatport and I like wrote him this like fangirling message on SoundCloud. <laughs> like yeah, totally yeah. just like... Oh my god! Oh man, I'll is, suck your dick yeah, for this track. Give it to me, like, like yeah. <laughs> holy crap! And then anyway, he wrote back to me and he was like blown away because not only was like Open Records tunes some of the first tunes that he'd ever bought. Okay, yeah. When he first got into like dance music and DJing, yeah. 
but he also had kind of set himself a goal to get signed to Oven Records. And I was like, <laughs> it was just one of those ding, stars aligning yeah, moments. Yeah, you know? like, what? Yeah. Really? And like, yeah. things like that. Like, like, when that happened, I was like, look, we got to do something. Let's get this out. And yeah. signed Mel. I asked him, you know, who do you want? Who would you love to remix your tracks? He said, thank you, Sudi and Retza. Good friends of mine. Shot him the track. They agreed straight away. Yeah. And next thing you know, we had like a real genuine global hit on our hands, like it did super well. Yeah. It's to this day one of our highest selling EPs, still sells good numbers. Yeah. You know, it's done hundreds of thousands of streams on Spotify. Yeah. You know, and it was the kind of seminal track. And since mm. then. So that's what re- like kicked it back it kicked off it again. Right back yeah. off what again. year was this then? Uh, end of 2016. Yeah, yeah. The, that also coincided with me signing to Proton Distribution. Yep. So they're a, a, a Californian-based uh, digital distribution platform, and yep. they're really high tech. Most amazing people I've ever worked with. Yeah. Their whole system is just a level up from anybody else mm-hmm. um, in the game, really. Yeah. Like they have this automated contract and system that just does it all. They, you know pay the artist direct because they're a publishing company. Yep. And they like basically all the tools they provide make my life so easy because all I'm really doing is focusing on the label. All of the stuff that used to be the grind with contracts and things that would just spend ages on and weren't fun at all are like totally a thing of the past. It's just click, 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 done, boom. It's all automated. It's all automated, you know. And not only that but they're great dudes who really believe in open records. Yeah. And... They've given us heaps of support. They're super tight with Beatport and all stores. Yeah. Spotify, like they're one of the first to get like beaters with the Spotify mix thing that's yeah. going on now, which is about to probably wipe SoundCloud off the map. Um, they've got, you know, an auto mix thing that Spotify is trialing at the moment through their new virtual platform. So they're very, like, like you said, tech. Tech oriented. They're like, yeah. they're basically like a tech startup, you know? Yeah. And like they have, I think, around a thousand or more labels on board. And yeah. it's all kind of like just makes that whole process. But that's the thing is if it's automated like yeah. that, you can have a thousand labels and it takes the work off you. But if they've got it sorted as a, on the tech side automated, yeah. they don't really have to do anything either. Well, so. they do. They, it gives them time to focus on like working with New us. Pro- yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, doing yeah. these cool things, you yeah. know. And like since signing with them, it's just that made it all make sense. Yeah. You know, like I can just do music. Everything is like clockwork and I know like some of the artists we've worked with literally said it was the first time they'd ever been paid for tunes since yeah. we signed over to them. So I think benefits, you know, I just I can't even speak yeah. how amazing it is and that really just changed the game because it means I can sort of pop out tune yeah. after tune after tune. It, it's all... It it's takes all, a huge yeah. amount of like tedious yeah. work off your hands, right? Yeah, and it's sort of made the modern world of digital dance music, which is like completely, I don't know, it's just a very hard thing to master. Yeah. That little bit easier to, to do. And because yeah. I had like, you know, more than a decade of basically stuffing everything up. Yeah. <laughs> I, know what, I know what to do and what not to do now. Yeah. So like I've, there's always room to improve. You, you've always got to keep innovating and mm. doing new things because otherwise – you know, that's how fast this thing moves. Mm. But at the same token, like, I have the best tools available to me and the, you know, that quite quite a long base of knowledge yeah, yeah, to exactly. really yeah. do it. And, I, like, I actually took another little break last year to do some personal stuff going on in my life. Yeah. 
didn't like, it wasn't like I was ever going to not do it again, but I just yeah. needed a little bit of time to bit breathe. That's the off. thing. It's kind of like this whole thing's just been me for yeah. more than a decade or around a decade, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, like, a lot, it's a lot it to do a lot, when yeah. you work full time in a really high profile job as well. Yeah. Where that could easily just eat up your entire energy for mm. the day. Oh, easily. But, yeah. you know, this is what I love to do. And I realized, you know, in 2016, it wasn't about these big international guys anymore. I realized I had to put the focus on what was here in Australia. We were all my mates. I'd way rather spend time helping out my mates use Open yeah. as a platform to get themselves where they need to go. I'd rather put the money in their pocket than someone I don't know. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying I wouldn't, I don't release overseas artists because I do, but. Yeah. It, the way I approach it now, it's very much a family thing. Yeah. I don't see it like business kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. more like this platform yeah. that we have to all, you know, yeah. get ahead in, in this thing. Yeah. And since I've sort of changed my whole thinking of it, it's all just made sense. And yeah. that's also, I don't know if it's some hippie vibe thing that when you have yeah, the right yeah. intentions, everything comes together or whether it's just that years of experience Probably Whatever. a combination, combination of all of, all of it, it, you know, yeah. and, and being, you know, supporting a local scene that you're actually connected to is going to always, you know, you know, reap benefits and things like that. You can put events on here and have the artists play here, yeah. whereas it's like, you know, it's hard to get an overseas guy to come play. So you can you can do features of all your artists and stuff and build a local fan base as well as the international yeah, exactly. one, you know. So. And I think, too, got to remember, like, we're on an island and it's yeah. very hard to get off this island. But what mm. we have on this island is actually pretty special. Yeah. And it's its own thing. Mm. So, like, you know, there's a lot of labels that are just trying to follow the trend, you know, with whatever's yeah. cool on Beatport or yeah. that's not how you make success. You know no. why? Because there's, like, so many labels who are already pretty good and they're much yeah. more connected to the global thing than where you can ever be from yeah. down on this side of the world. Yeah. So by putting the focus on the unique... Thing. And I think that's that's a bit of advice for anyone thinking about starting yeah. a label or a project or whatever. Yeah. Just don't follow the trend, you know. Keep up with the innovation but don't yeah. try and be everyone else. Be yourself yeah. because that's what makes you different from the 15,000 other tracks that drop on Beatport every single day. Yeah. You know. And yeah, like the, exactly. Our point of difference is we have a thing that no one else is doing. We have artists that don't get released much else. I, I'm trying actively trying to because that helps us now in the long run. But yeah. You know, these staple guys that I work with on every release, you know, like that's our sound. And I, I don't put a genre on it more yeah. so I just go is This is our sound. This is, is open records. Yeah, this is this is what's happening now. Yeah. And that might change because, you know, when we started out it was essentially slowed down progressive psytrance that yeah. had just turned into prog house at that stage. It was kind of when the transition happened. We've gone through kind of what we call bush techno now. We had like one of the early, I'd say the seminal early bush techno release expansion pack compiled yeah. by Ian, my my original label partner. And, you know, and then we've sort of come back to melodic, progressive, deep house, yep. techno, whatever. But... I don't, I don't, it doesn't have to be melodic. It doesn't have to be whatever. It just has to be something that I think is going to stand the test of time. You know, we've got tracks from 10 years ago that still get played in sets now. 
that's what I'm looking for in tunes yeah. more than anything Longevity else. Longevity and yeah, something that's, that's yeah. Because like you said, it's not following a trend. So it's not mm. going to go out of no. trend because, it, you know. Like, There's so much stuff that's just throw away, you know. It's like yeah. might happen for three, four months and then the next thing's and cool. It sounds like another tune already. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. It sounds like that tune, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, something I love about that and something I've sort of been thinking about and talking to people about and have had, you know, bigger guys say to me and stuff is like, you know, people always talk about with music production, like reference tracks, yeah. like referencing, you reference, do you reference? Mm. And like, yeah, it's great when you're learning and, you know, to understand things and to reference and maybe for volume and stuff like that. But I had like some bigger guys sort of say to me one day, they're like, do you think that people who are individual, right, really different stuff, like a great example is Flume with his, you know, when he yeah. came out with all this stuff. Do you think Flume was referencing for those tracks? You know what I mean? That's what they always, they, mm. they always say. It's like if you want to make different stuff, you don't necessarily want to be referencing. You can do it for volume and shit, yeah, stuff look, like that, but otherwise you're starting to follow a trend a bit. Exactly. Like, I think so, you know, yeah. production side of things, by all means, yeah. shoot for the stars. If you hear someone doing something mixed down-wise, whatever, yeah. Technical try and, stuff. Try and get it technically yeah, yeah. as good, if not better, whatever. But like you said, you know. Like, you don't want to go, I want to go in and write a track that no, sounds like Doppel. No, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, But what I think, on the flip side of that, what I think is often very successful, and I think this is the case with Doppel and Thank You City and Funk Form and guys like that, is that they, yes, they do pay homage to a sound mm. that is popular. Yeah. But they put their own twist on it. Yeah. And it's that twist that makes them stand out yeah. from the thousands of other standard prog house and the yeah. techno They're not trying to make that sound. They're influenced by it. Yeah. But they're not going for that or particular sound. Or they're taking sound. influences from that and from other... You know, genres, genres yeah. whether it's, you know, rock music, hip hop, whatever, and bringing it all together and fusing it into one. To me, that's actually what progressive music is. Yeah. Like, I remember Dinox. I don't know if you've heard of Dinox, big progressive DJ. Mm -hmm. I was really young and he came to Cairns once. Oh, you're a Cairns boy too. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's where I came from. Yeah, so, forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of this stuff was happening from Cairns, which is even weirder because it's such a small city and we didn't have, you know. So, what, when did you move here? Like, only like you... nearly six years ago. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, but, you know. At the, at All that's, before then was in Cairns. In yeah. Cairns, yeah. I was travelling a lot. Like I'd play a lot in Sydney and Melbourne and, yeah. and Brisbane and things. And Cairns actually had a really amazing doof scene. Yeah. Sort of. Oh, yeah. And it's scene, kind, of, yeah. kind of not as good as it used to be because mainly because the cops are all over it these days. Yeah. But back in the day that's like was, you know, it was happening. People were travelling to Cairns to go to parties and that's where the inspiration came from. We, yeah. were, we were either in Melbourne down there at, at big festivals and stuff or people from Melbourne were up there. So there was this kind of cultural exchange going on. But where was I going with that? <laughs> uh, you're talking about um, uh, not taking influence yeah, from it. other people but, but like but putting your own spin on things, I think. Yeah, and I think like, you know, that's we were all influenced by the Australian party culture yeah. at the time. You can't not be can't influenced not. by like, whatever you've yeah, whatever what you've doing. experienced, you're gonna be influenced yeah. by. But we have our own thing here with the yeah. party culture as well. Yeah. And that sort of translated to a sound that you don't hear in Europe. Yeah. Or anything it's different. Like, anything like that, you know. It so, might be influenced by it, but yeah. it's not the same. Yeah. So and all those artists came up in that same place. Yeah. So they've all got their own twist on it and their own take on things. Yeah. But what made them stand out is that little tweak of 
extra special sauce. Yeah. I guess you, you can't say. put your finger on it no. sometimes. You know, yeah. you just go, oh, it sounds like this person. Yeah. But it's like, why? And it's like, I don't know. No. But, you know, <laughs> like I can, I could probably name a bunch of influences for all the artists. Yeah. But again, they don't sound like them. No. And they're definitely not, you know, trying to ape their style or anything like yeah. that. And I think, yeah, the more you can establish that, and that's a hard thing. It doesn't always come yeah. straight away. Some people it does. You know, some people music comes easy because they've either had some sort of training or whatever or they're just like that's their yeah. brain, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or other people, you know, you got to really work at it. And mm. like I think, you know, the more you the more time you spend and the more like you be yourself and just do what you mm. think sounds great and good. Yeah. Then the better artist you're going to be in the long run. There's no I there's not a race to this. I no, think that's a big, that's a bit yeah, yeah. Yeah, talk about that because that's a, a big thing. It's a huge problem now, I think, because and this is I think this translates to not just music, anything in society. Mm, I think definitely. the nature of social media and image being the way it is. I see so many people these days, they spend more time working on their PR than the they do thing. the actual art. Yeah. And that's like there's some things that are valid for that. Yeah. Because like a lot of artists, and this is probably why I do open records, is they spend all their time on their art and they don't do enough no of one. their PR. Yeah. So, you know, it's a balance. But yeah. I think, you know, if you if you're spending your whole time promoting yourself before you've really found your feet, yeah. then you're setting yourself up to fail. Or not fail, but it's gonna be a long slog to get where you wanna go. Yeah. You know? And I think the best artists are the humble ones. Yeah. You know, the guy, you know, by the time my mates who I consider produce some of the best music in the world yeah. got to that point, they weren't thinking like that. Mm. They, their eyes weren't, I want to play main stage rainbow, no, whatever. No, it's not, it's not I mean, very they, often. They probably that, wanted yeah. to. But like. But they weren't like, that's the that's thing. That's the thing what I want to they do. They actually loved the thing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like making it. music. Or and I think making, you can you know, like, yeah. feel passion, <clears throat> passion and vibe like that is palpable. You know, like and you, you can know, tell you the difference. People, yeah. When you meet someone who's actually like that, an artist, they're different to the one that's the just wants to be the person, you know, yeah. on it's, the stage at the big festival. Like you can, I, I find anyway, I don't know, like I find I'm kind of good at reading people and mm. stuff. But when I sit down and like or, or just talk to someone, I can tell, man, I can yeah. tell if they're just in it for the fame and all that kind of stuff or if they're actually like, love you know doing it yeah and you know what it's funny you should say that because like i'm a music journalist originally i don't really do much anymore i do the yeah. odd, odd review and things like that because i work in the regular news now but uh i spent the first eight years of my journalism career writing about music and arts and 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 stuff like that and i could always tell like just by the way when i was interviewing someone yeah the the biggest superstars were the most easy to chat to. And whether that was because they were like old hats and had the experience, and there's always the exception to the rule, there's just dickheads everywhere basically. Yeah. But, you know, like you could always, like I remember sometimes you'd talk to this new band or whatever and they were fresh in the scene and just blew up real quick and they were always dicks. Yeah. And like I'd always have like really bad interviews or just like come out of a phone call or face-to-face -face, whatever we were doing yeah, and just being like, man, asshole, like, like that was painful. Dick. But then I'd go and interview someone who was genuinely like a legend. Like I remember 
I got flown down to Warm Adelaide to interview Jimmy Cliff, the reggae guy. You know, yeah. I can see clearly now. Yeah. And yeah. that was like one of the biggest moments of my music, getting flown right, to another city yeah, yeah, yeah. to like oh, yeah, interview can, this yeah. guy who's won like multiple <laughs> Grammys and pretty much almost like helped popularise reggae along yeah, like yeah. Bob Marley, you know. And like he spent, he just finished playing main stage Warm Adelaide. We had a little interview slot time swapped in. He spent so much time with me, gave me full time of day, fed me with his crew food. You yeah, know, yeah. it was the nicest guy I'd ever meet. And, you know, I was just like that kind of perspective that the people that are really there, that there's some humanity to that. Yeah. And, again, it was like that passion, you know. You could tell he wasn't, he was just a guy that loved what he did. Yeah. See him on stage, you know, lifting his knees higher than Love I could him. when he was like 68 or something at the time, yeah, you know, yeah, 70, yeah. whatever he was, you know, and it's just like, again, it's that, that example of like the guys that really rush up to fame, it gets to your head. Yeah. But inevitably the world slash the music industry is going to like kind of chink that town over time too. And even guys who did, you know, you knew you had big, big heads back in the day, by the time that they've been doing it for 30 years, they mellow right out because it's just the nature of the beast, you know? And I think the other thing is that like, and I've experienced that hundred percent as well. So as the top guys are always really nice, the ones who are like the next tier down are the ones yeah. that are like, cause they know they're not the top guys. Yeah. And, um, and I think it's cause like, honestly, I think that the top, top guys who have been around for a while, it is the passion and that, but it's also the fact that they know they've had help along the way yeah. and that they, you know what I mean? Like they know it's not just them. They're like, I couldn't have got here without all this help from other people. So I'm going to help other people, whether it's giving you a good interview and get a good experience or whether yeah. it's speaking to another artist or, or, or an artist actually, liaison or whatever. I think that's a big thing as well. I think that's actually how you get to the top. Yeah. You know, I think it's an arrogant thing to think you can ever No one do ever does everything. it by themselves. No, no, no exactly one. not. Like, and, you know, like even just back onto my level, you know, like I think the reason we've been able to really uh, kick the goal this year, when I came back, I was like, I really want to reestablish open. We've had, we've been gone 13 years. There's no point doing this anymore if we don't really just smash it. Yeah. And the only way I could do that is not do it by myself anymore. So yeah. I got Andy Doppel on board. I got Butters on board. I got Jess Nichols, Wilmer on board. Yep. I got Will Boy with Boat on board. Yeah, we're all we've all got little jobs. It's not like everyone's doing heaps of stuff. I'm still yep. doing most of the things I you used did to this. do. You did but, you this. You know, with this. Yeah, yeah. Butters is looking after the artwork. Andy's looking after the mastering. Will's taking demos. Wilmer's just being epic. You know, <laughs> yeah. nah, but seriously, yeah, like yeah, everyone's everyone does sharing, things. Yeah, doing, yeah. doing things and it's just. Oh, I can't do this. I'm yeah. real busy on this. Can, Can you help Are you me? able to do this for us? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Easy. A little like. bit of help has just elevated that extra bit. Yeah. And now we've got this momentum going. And I think that's the other thing about COVID is a lot of like places shut down. Yeah. Because it's true that the sales have dropped on yeah. average a lot during this period because yeah. there's no gigs and our main market is DJs buying music. And if no yeah. one's DJing, well, a hell of a lot less people are making music, making yeah. money off music. But what that's what we've done is one is that we're able to kick the goals because there's less of a competition. Yeah. But it's now we have this momentum. So when stuff does kick back off again, yeah, we're gonna have like we're gonna have that roll on. Yeah. We're not gonna have to basically start from scratch. And that's something I've I've learned from dropping out a couple of times is that when you do drop out and you stop doing yeah, things it's pretty quick to like people forget. people forget you know there's a whole yeah. new generation of kids who never even knew who you were 
you know. But that's why, like, something like, you know, to bring it back to what's happening now with, like, local Brisbane, like mm. Sub Rosa, for example, per, like – same they kept same, same thing. Like yeah. they kept doing the live stream and and that. And now, like I've been to Subrose a few times, and I'm seeing people there that I would never see there. No, hundred They would be always at the Met. They would always be at somewhere else. Yeah. But now they they're going to Subrosa. And I think that's it's also to like, do with passion too. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Subrosa is not just a business to make money. No. You know, Shane and and Rob and the team. They really care about dance music yeah. and care about the scene. Yeah. So 100%, they're happy yeah. to take a little bit of a hit and jump through the like yeah. innumerable rings that they've had to jump through to keep yeah. going. Like the amount of stuff that's happened since just the whole sit-down clubbing and all this stuff, Yeah, they've just kept going. Yeah. And a lot of the other big venues, all they exist for is money. Yeah. You know, so if they're not making money, they don't care. Whereas like Sub Rosa, it's the like beating heart. Of yeah. the Brisbane club scene, yeah, for sure. It's the only place that consistently, even before all this, consistently just backed, you know, yeah. proper house of techno music, yeah, yeah, and 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 trance and all these other again things. not going on the trend, no, you know, no. like not not really just like going for the trend or whatever. No, and it came, you know, Capulet was doing the same, yeah. You know, that's the vibe of that venue, yeah. And every city needs a place like that, yeah. Without it, it'd be. You know, yeah, pretty disjointed. Be, yeah. And I can kind of remember because I, <coughs> excuse me, I kind of moved. I don't have COVID, by the way. Um, had the test. Well, it's, it's all good if you do. <laughs> it's all good if you do. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm sure you don't. But, yeah, I think, you know, when I moved to Brisbane, uh, Capulet hadn't been sold to Sasha yet. And it was okay. It, yeah. was, it was doing gigs, but it wasn't its full-time house and techno thing. Yeah. And... I felt like when I arrived in Brisbane, coming from Cairns where it was actually really easy to throw a party. Like in Cairns, you put something on because there's not that much going on. People come. Whole town comes, you know, and you could easily just put four or 500 people in a venue. No worries at all. Yeah. Every weekend if you did it, you know, people are up for yeah. it. It's a tourist town. People like to party, whatever. I came down here and like despite being massive city, like I remember just being like, wow, like it's really, really hard mm. to get people to come out. Yeah. But – then the kind of dragon fruit thing kicked off and I know there was a lot of crews who'd been putting in a lot of time and effort over the years and I'm not, yeah. not discounting them in any way. In fact, like they built what was able to come after that. Yeah. But having that one centralised place that just always did it and yeah. like, you know, dragon fruit started letting in all the other crews and whatever, it became this like kind of hub. Mm. And I think everything needs that, mm. you know, to be successful. Yeah. Because then you get... A regular crowd, you get people come out every week. They're your core base. Then you do get these extra people yeah. that might run wander in, and they used to going out to the Met or something else like that. Yeah, and that that's fine, that's cool. But like they come across where like the true kind of heart of the scene is, mm. and suddenly you're not just getting a hundred people out every week. You're getting two hundred. You're getting three hundred. Yeah. You're filling up the venue. You know, yeah. and like without that, like. Brisbane would suffer, you know. And yeah, that's exactly. Why you have to say big, big ups to to Shane for taking over, at, and you know, turning sub, keeping Sub Rosa, and, and in ways like elevating it to another level. And yeah, you know, you just what they've done through this pandemic is just like remarkable. Yeah, you know. And I, I know that everybody else, particularly a place like Melbourne, which is now in, is still in like complete lockdown, essentially, they look up at us and go, "What the hell?" Like, 
Who ever thought Brisbane would be the most happening city in Australia? You Bro, know? I've been I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I've, I've said for years that I reckon like we don't have the big population of other cities, so we can't put on. You know, we mm. can't have three underground venues. Mm. You know what I mean? We can we can only really mm. have like. Are oh, you reckon we could? Yeah, I th- maybe. I, I don't know. I think Brisbane's a funny <laughs> one because it's it's not small. You know, any city yeah, with it's two not, and a half million people. Yeah, but it's not like it's very it's, it's very like, stretched out. Yeah, but it's not like the other cities where you've got like what? How many in Melbourne? Nearly, nearly five, four and a half to five in Melbourne. So double, and five million. Double, double the population. But they they have way more than one venue. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, know that, but I'm, so that's what I mean. I'm saying it's like, not, you know, like I, I just think I think we underestimate ourselves a little bit there. Yeah. I think it's you know it is a lot harder to get people out here for a number of reasons. Yeah, partly because Queensland is chill, and it's just as fun having a beer. On your deck by yeah. the pool, playing some mates. tunes with your yeah. mates. It's not cold half the year where you have to go and yeah. like be somewhere warm just to like you know enjoy life. Yeah. So there's a lot of factors, you know. Yeah. It's very stretched out. You know, it's not one concentrated kind of yeah. place. You know, you've got sunny coast, you've got Brisbane, you've got Gold Coast. You know, it's more like three yeah, centers. Yeah. You know, and you can't discount elsewhere either because elsewhere's yeah. the same. That's Sub true. Elsewhere is yeah, to the yeah. Gold Coast and Sub Rosa is to Shout Brisbane. Out to, Shout to, out to, to elsewhere. elsewhere. Can't stoke their back up and running. Can't wait yeah. to give it another run down there. Yeah, it's actually sure. my favourite club to play, to be honest. But yeah. side note. But um, <laughs> trying yeah. to get those bookings back. <laughs> He's like, I need, no, already, I need some. Already, I need some bookings. <laughs> hey, elsewhere, favorite club to play. Already nah. t- we've already had a chat. But yeah, yeah. No, nah, honestly, nah, like, that place yeah. is such a vibe on a Sunday night. Like it's just something else on those on those light up squares. Yeah, and sound system kicks and just. Cool, I love it. And I, I lived on the Gold Coast when I was young too, so it always it's yeah. nice to be kind of home, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like there's there's definitely challenges in Brisbane that other places don't have. Yep. But I also don't see why we can't grow this scene much bigger than it is now. And I've always thought we've had amazing talent here. That, yeah. That could be like that should be, you know, like just for example, Butters. Like you know, even though he hasn't released a lot of music and stuff, and but what he what he has. In the vault, ready. Yeah, it's not just that. It's like he's been DJing professionally yeah. for like, you know, 13 years or something, 14 yeah. years, longer. I remember his yeah. bio or whatever. I think it used to be the 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 hardest working DJ in Brisbane or, yeah. the, or the something he's, like that. It was, uh, yeah. He's one of the only guys I know up here who for a long time that was all he had to do to make money, you know, yeah. like didn't have to work the day job like the rest of us, no. you know. like I. But, yeah, I think going back to the discussion, not to, we've we've pissed in bucket butters pocket. Yeah, this week. <laughs> fuck you, butters. <laughs> fuck you. Nah, no, you, no, no. Um, respect. <laughs> but I think yeah, I think there's so much untapped potential here. Yeah, that's and what I, I mean. And like, I, also I think there think, is. Like you said about the talent. Like every DJ I know in Brisbane, partly because I think they've had to fight for it to really make a name for themselves because mm. it is that lot harder here. Mm. But also just they their passion. Is is it's always about the music because if you don't have ten thousand gigs to play in in yeah. all the time, then it sort of turns it a little bit more internal. And a lot of the guys yeah. might not play out that often, but when they do, they're like world class. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's because they love it. And there is like a little bit of chin strokery stuff that goes on, but that's actually because people love music. Yeah. And you can't ever like, you know, discount somebody because they they have a such honed taste in tunes mm. that, you know, yeah. that's their thing and that's yeah. cool. It's like, that's cool. But 
Just don't be a dick about all the no, other exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Respect yeah. respect those that don't do what you do yeah. and give props to those who do well. Yeah. But I think, you know, if we all work together, there's no reason this place can't be as busy, if not busier, yeah. than any other place in Australia, yeah. particularly now, because it's going to take a while for everyone else to get back to full steam. We're already on like hitting the ground running. Yeah. You know, we're going to be the place to be for the next year at least, I'd say. Yeah. And if we capitalise on that and really, like, make it happen, then I think the sky's the limit because we're a big global city that is on the rise, you know. And, like, you know, whatever you think about all the development happening around Brisbane or whatever, that's just going to be bringing more and more people to the city, Yeah. you know, and it's going to mean more and more opportunities if we jump on it. But it takes, like, self-starters. You know, yeah, and you got to be in it, not because you want to make, get famous quick or make a heap of cash, because that's not going to happen anytime soon. No. It, it's years of, you know, work before you get to that point. It's but the ones who are in it and passionately do something because they want to create a vibe, and do something different yeah. for Brisbane are going to be successful. Yeah. and I think, like, we just have a golden opportunity right now. Yeah, you know. So if that's you. Come move up here. Yeah, that's like it. if you're from Melbourne or Sydney and you actually want to do that shit. I think that's actually the come. Beauty, beauty of Queensland. Come, you're welcome. You know, like in Melbourne, for instance, and, and to some extent Sydney, but they've had their own challenges with nightlife. Mm. Is that not everything's been done here? You know, mm. and I think exactly Mel yeah. is probably a pretty good example of that. Is that you know, like we were not doing tunes wise. Super different, you know. There was lots of people who were into that sort of sound in Brisbane, mm-hmm. but I remember when I arrived here, there wasn't a whole lot of decor going on anywhere, but sort of doofier events. Yeah, that's true. You know, and we we saw that and oh, wanted to. It's because blah 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 stopped. We used to do a bit of decor yeah, stuff. But you know, blah, like it yeah, just yeah, wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't I know what you like mean. the thing. You'd go to a lot of gigs and it'd just be like a banner with a sound system and a DJ. Cool, because yeah. it's all about tunes and everyone dances, comes yeah, yeah. and does whatever. But. The minute you like throw in that extra element of art and like give people a real so way awesome. to self express themselves. Yeah. And that was our idea with Melt was to bring that kind of vibe that's super present at Doofs here. Like, you know, we have actually some of the biggest and best festivals and Doofs in Australia in Queensland, especially, Bloody as, you know, Bloody like world class things like Earth Frequency yeah. Elements, Manifest before it yeah. went down, all these sort of things. Rabbits, now they're up here. But, you know, like the, that's the that's what's just done in that scene. Yeah. So there was just not happening in the clubs. So we thought, mm. well, why don't we kind of bring that to the club? Bring it to the club, yeah. Got together with APRO and Christian Kerr and, and, and Butters and like the, we all had our own kind of little circles but we we're all connected through that scene. Yeah. And like, it again, it took us a while to like really build momentum but yeah. I think now you see a lot more decor happening at club yeah. parties and stuff Bring like it that to because that, yeah. it's just – Something no one it ever adds, did. It adds another layer on yeah. top of it the makes experience. Because clubbing and dance music has always been an experience. That's exactly it's what I was not about to say. Just, it's not just the music. It's like for me when I first like experienced it, I'd never been to a big club. I'd never been to something that had the lights, the yeah. visuals, the the whole package. And I feel like you really need to experience the whole package before it makes sense. Hundred percent, and that's just like adding to it. Yeah. The package. and whether yeah. that's whether your experience is a little black box, dark techno dungeon, yeah, or like explosion of rainbow colors with everyone dressed up, yeah. 
they're still both on that spectrum of experience, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's the one thing that, like, if everyone focused on making sure the experience of their event was as legit yeah. and as rich as possible in whatever direction you want to take it, yeah, I think we wouldn't have any more problem bringing out crowds because yeah. you can't tell me that someone new comes along to something and they get that vibe but they won't come back the next time. Yeah, you know exactly. They just don't know about it, you know. And like Brisbane, there's a lot of really passionate people, and then a lot of the crowd is very green. Yeah, but they're up for it, you know. Yeah. So if you can figure out a way to turn those people who are sort of just new to it into like yeah. regular people coming out, yeah, we're only going to go up, you know. And like this place is booming; it's growing. The people yeah, that definitely. really dig their heels in now, five years away. Yeah. Where are they going to be? They're going to be some of the top party brands in the country. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, I've, me. I've always, I've always um, sort of thought that, you know, I've never had like a hatred for the the real cheesy EDM sound because I feel like that gets people into it initially. Yeah. And then they figure it's out what they like. Yeah, it's a gate. <laughs> it's a it's a gateway drug, that yeah. EDM. Um, you know, because people, like I said, people go to a commercial club in Brisbane and they hear that, oh, I love this dance music. And then one of their friends goes, oh, come see us at Sub Rosa one time. And then yeah. they go there and they go, this is me. Like, this is cool. Like, you know, like, so I, I've always felt that you need that side of it to build you do, you, you know do. that kind of stuff. But you stuff. also have to, you also have to make sure your crowd's the right crowd. Uh, of think, course, yeah. I think rather than like attracting every bogan in town, yeah, from the get go, because they're not always going to like. No, they're, it. Not, they're not always going to vibe with it. That's it. You have to make sure that they're going. The people coming to your event are across the spirit of the event. Yeah, and I think it's much better to start small, do something that builds itself organically and with the right people than it is to just like flat out saturation market. Because, yeah. you know, you could spend all this money, you could put build up, billboards up in the valley, you could like f put the biggest DJ on in the world for your first gig. Yeah. You might get a huge crowd, but is it a quality crowd? No. Are they going to have good, like events, they, I've always said with events, like you're better off, um, you know, like having breaking even and having an awesome vibe yeah. than making a heap of money and it's a shit show. Like yeah, no 100%. one has a good time. You no, know? 100%. Like, like, like you said, it's about the experience. Yeah, again. and it's yeah. also like a road to just not just fading into obscurity pretty yeah. quick, you know? Yeah. Like you see it all the time that people try and jump in on a fad, again, going back to the fads. Yeah, yeah. It kind of happened with like bush doofs, you know, when all the big EDM yeah. festivals went down. Yeah. You know, a lot of lot of like people started throwing bush doofs, but they weren't bush doofs. Mm. They were just, you know... They were like the EDM festivals. EDM but, festivals but just, the thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's had like, I would say, like a kind of detrimental effect to the scene in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, so you, you have to be careful and you have to make sure like that, you know, you're bringing in good crowds that like understand the ethos, you know? Yeah. And that's, they, a, yeah. I mean, it's probably the most overused word of 2020, <laughs> but they get the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's so, it's so yeah. yeah. Even if they don't get it at the starters. You know, yeah. it's about like, you know, it, you, you can't not get swept up in it when a majority of the crowd is in it, yeah. you know. Yeah, if some exactly, idiot yeah. comes to, you know, a gig and is acting like a fool, you know, and the crowd will 200 sort it people out. there, yeah. I guarantee that that guy's going to get kicked out pretty quick if he's being an idiot, you know. 
That's, that's a, because that's that, the that community, community is will police itself. Yeah, exactly. You know, like they'll be like, no, you're being a dick. Like, yeah. yeah. You know. And in that's, you know, in the doof sense, that's how that worked for a very long time yeah. until events got so big that you had yeah. to have security and yeah. all these sort of things, you know? Yeah. So it's like if someone's being a dick, we'll just all like work it out as a community. Yeah, that's it. And tell them, you know, sort yeah. it out. Either sort them out or don't let them come back, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it, it, yeah, I just think. That community is what's important. Building a community, building a community, what whatever you're doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether that's a podcast, whether that's an event, whether that's you're a producer, whether you're running a label, yeah, whatever. Like the key is getting as many like-minded people together, yeah, and supporting you. You've got to give back to it. it. Can't be like this one-way street where you're just like, give me your ticket money and give me yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You've got to give value. Yeah, that's it. So, but if you show them, you care. Yeah, because that's it. And like with Melt, for instance, you know, we'd have. Up to 30, 40 of our mates all chucking in, building decor, spray paint things. Yeah. For no money, you know. Often they'd even buy a ticket, even though we were offering them a free one. They'd yeah. still no, pay them the Because yeah. then they had the thing like, I made that. Yeah. You exactly. know, they have and ownership. Like, They're they part have, of it. Exactly. They're they part of something part of bigger. Yeah. We, we weren't, we never considered Melt, you know, to be a thing that we owned. It was yeah. something we just facilitated. Yeah. And we invited anyone who wanted to get involved on board, yeah. and we still do. We're, you know, we're obviously in a bit of a flux at the moment with with everything going on because you know it takes yeah. takes us three four months to just build the decor for an event because we do it all. Yeah, pretty much from scratch. Actually, you know? I think I can't remember whose house it was at the kick on, but a heap of the decor was downstairs. Yeah, would have been Danny's, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout it was. out to Danny and Josh think, and Stefan for storing all that stuff. Yeah, no, it definitely was. <laughs> it definitely was. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was um, that was interesting. I was like, oh, all the melt shits here, like yeah. you know, we're downstairs. Well, that's what I mean. They are melt. Everyone, yeah. everyone who ever contributed, yeah, to it was melt. They're part of it, yeah. you know. And that's that's a that's a different thing than an event that's out to make as much money as it can on the yeah. door. You're not and, there just to, no, just for the dollars. It. And I think that's important that the scene needs that in any way. People think that. You know, events and I've had my cousins and family members say, oh, man, you used to do events. Like you should just like throw events. That's, you make heaps of money. And it's like, well, that's not really what throwing events and stuff is about. It's about supporting the scene and putting on a cool thing. And you might make a little bit of money. You might lose money. You might break even. But at the end of the day, it's like if you want to make money, don't go into events. For the, <laughs> you know, like this. If you're doing big tours and stadium arena tour, then, you know, oh, with you big can, things, then you're talking money. But professionally, like, you can you know. do it. But oh, you, I mean, need, you can, but you it's need, not. You need that. Like it, it's a magic mix of some money backing you up, a huge network of people. Yeah. The experience. It's not as easy as people off. think. People no, think, to, yeah. oh, man, like, you know, oh, what, $50 a ticket and there's like a 1,000 people there? Bro, that's like. You know, yeah. That's heaps of money. Yeah. You're like, mm, the DJ costs uh, forty grand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like, like mm, I don't think you understand. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, but um, I think you know. Look, there's a. I think that I hate the word, but that's what the underground ethos is. Like, yeah. I think underground is such a rubbish word because mm. people often call house and techno underground. It's like actually. It's probably the biggest style of dance music in the world. Yeah, listened to by more people. So why is that underground? What, yeah. because it doesn't make it to for the, here, maybe. Yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. make it to the you know Nova or whatever on yeah. the radio. Like whatever. That's yeah. not how the world works anymore. Yeah. you know. Yeah, the like, radio. If you're yeah. basing how yeah. shit works off the radio, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, but yeah, I understand what you it's mean. It's like yeah. micro communities of people all over the world. You know, 
doing like I would things. say Psytrance is as big as any other genre in the world. But to a person who doesn't know anything about Psytrance, they'd hear it and just be like, what? What is this? But, you know, there's regularly festivals with 50,000 people dancing yeah. to it almost every weekend in Europe, you know. Totally. So, like, you just, yeah, that I hate the word, but, like, I think that attitude of, like, the DIY, the make it happen no matter what, that's kind of what ends up getting you tagged as an underground promoter. Yeah. Just because you're not in it for the like. Let's let's change that. Let's know? make it as a grassroots promoter. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, that's where it sounds, <laughs> sounds sounds just as bad, doesn't it? Sounds grassroots. like a reggae event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A startup promoter. Yeah. Um, um, let's um, because I really want to get into like how music. Obviously, it's a huge part of your life. How you got into it, but um, let's just go have a break quickly. Yeah. Um, and then we'll come back and we'll get into that stuff. Maybe. Sweet. Cool. All right, we're back. Back from our little break, uh, toilet break and, and such. Um, so we said we are going to start talking, you know, a little bit about how you got into music initially because obviously you've started the label and you talked about, you know, up in cans. But yeah. how did you first get into music? Was there anything before the yeah. house and dance music? Oh, uh, definitely. What I was mean, it? music has kind of been the main current of my life yep. for my most of my life. Uh-huh. My parents, Ian and Julie, were super into tunes growing up, so I was always like surrounded by them playing vinyl and what kind of, what uh, kind of like music? A little bit of everything. My yeah. dad's sort of super into like you know Jimi Hendrix and Pink Floyd and all those sort of things, and my mum was kind of into like things like the Beatles and Motown and stuff. But yeah. they just had massive. My dad has massive record collection to yeah. this day. So, like, I, I can remember one of my first memories, really, is they gave me this tape for Christmas called Santa's Tape for Jesse. And, yeah. I, you know, I, I can't remember much of what was on it, but there was, like, I got my mindset on you and, like, the Doctor Who theme, which was, like, a hit in the So it's just, like, a mixtape mix for tape, you. Mixtape, yeah. From, from <laughs> it was my, a, from a, when, I, when I turned a four. A mixtape from Santa. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's so, so sick. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like, I always had music in the house. My dad plays guitar. Yeah. You know, like. I can, one of my earliest memories is just my dad just jamming guitar, singing along, you know, never professionally or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Strictly for his own enjoyment. Yeah. So, you know, it's always been there. And, you know, like they kind of forced me into playing some instruments. I think they bought me a keyboard when I was about six and like had a couple of music books and then... Yeah. I think when I moved to Cairns, they enrolled me in piano lessons. Oh, so you didn't? You weren't born in Cairns? No, no. I've, we, I've lived all over Queensland, actually. Yeah. I was born in Townsville. Don't ever tell too, too oh, many people. Oh, Townsville that. boy. Yeah. Well, that's why I went to uni in Townsville like yeah. seven years, and so yeah. that's where I started DJing. Yeah, wow. So, cool. So yeah. it's a good bit of an origin. Born in Townsville. Story, don't remember it. I only lived there six months. Then yeah. I moved. My parents are both school teachers, and they taught okay. in remote Aboriginal communities. So okay, cool. Moved from Townsville. Moved up to. Cape York to Arakoon and then back to Gordon Vale near Cairns. Gordon Vale. Yeah, where they taught yeah. at Dad taught at Yarrabah, the local Aboriginal community yep. over the hill. Um, and then I moved to the Gold Coast hinterland at Springbrook up yep. on the mountain. Lush, beautiful, amazing. Yeah. I uh, did like my, you know, I think we moved there just before I turned three and I lived there till I was about eight, started school there. Yeah. And then we moved back to Cairns and I spent the rest of my life in Cairns from, there, yeah. you know, I went to most of my schooling and, yep. and stuff in Cairns and university. What, what school were like, you at? Uh, Cairns High. Cairns High. Yep. Yeah, represent Cairns yeah. High. I was yeah. a St. Mary's boy. So. Oh, St. Mary's. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, St. Mary's. Yeah, well, 
well, you know, you know, we it is to, what it is. We used to chase St Mary's girls actually because I lived in Edmonton, so our bus would always yeah. stop, pick up pick up Cairns High, and then like took this like massive hour and a half trip to get home, pick up all the St Mary's kids on the way home. So super tight with St Mary's crew. My brother, yeah, yeah. my brother actually went there for a while. Oh yeah, cool. But um. Yeah, like so I played piano and I like did a long period of lessons till I was about 18 actually. Mm. So never very good to be honest. I was like I, I don't I've played flute, I've played bass guitar and I've played piano, but I'm really rubbish at all of them. I was better good, good enough to maybe like practice some bits and sample in yeah, songs. No, no, could, yeah, definitely for sure. And the theory side you of it. You should definitely be doing yeah, that then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So the theory side of it I was always pretty good with. Well, that's but, but that's the practical awesome. side not so much and you know, it was that lends more itself of, to more music a, production yeah, then. Yeah, totally. yeah. <laughs> more of a case of just like too slack to practice all the time. But, yeah. you know, I did <laughs> yeah. it and I, I like, you know, I got pretty far with the piano. Like I was, yeah. I was a semi-decent piano player for a while. Um, in high school I was uh, like right into the band thing, played yeah. in like three different bands, sort of like yeah. a kind of, I guess kind you could music, say, yeah. a psychedelic funk band first yeah, cool. one. And yeah. then the second one was like, a proper like kind of rock, rock, rap, funk band with a, like a live horn section. I was definitely the worst musician in there. Everybody yeah. else went to the conservatorium except for <laughs> okay, me yeah. But we were actually quite successful. We used to play out a lot. Yeah, and cool. um, we won the Rocker Steadford National Battle of Bands once, which was a pretty big that's deal. Sick. That's sick. Yeah, cool, that's, that's a big deal, man. We called Audio Technica, named after the uh, music gear because we found yeah. – we actually started because we found this Audio Technica synth – sitting on the top of a shelf all dusty at Cairns High. And Cairns High is like a mad music school, you know, yeah. like it's produced a lot of amazing musicians. Mm. Dan Sultan was a schoolmate of mine. We're still good mates to this day. He's yeah. like got nine arias or something like that now, pretty much yeah. bonafide superstar. Shout out to Dan. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Emma Louise is another one that went to Cairns High. I didn't know her at school. She was a bit younger, but I sort of, you know, interviewed her when she was just breaking through. Now she's a superstar. You know, plenty of top level musicians coming. Oh, don't out of worry, I know all the because I, you know, because I obviously did music as well, and yeah. and I was um, at St Mary's, so yeah. I, I definitely yeah. know that all the Cairns High people had, are. We had like recording studios at school. And, yeah, amazing. You know, yeah. and our orchestra was the best in the country. And, yeah, you know, like it was a really fertile environment for it. Yeah, you know? so it's kind of like it was kind of a parallel thing with dance music and and. And like band stuff. I was also in a metal band after the the funk band as well called yeah. Lung Butter. But um, <laughs> Lung Butter. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah we, we played some pretty big gigs too. I I I never like Lung Butter was actually a very established band. I joined in the last okay, iteration yeah. of it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was sort but of not, like, none of it was dance music or anything. No, 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 no it was, like, this was just know, all bands band you into. But you weren't same, into dance stuff no, at was, all. Going I was. Up? Yeah. yeah. So like at the same time, Cairns had this really kind of at that stage. This amazing, vibrant music scene. Mm. And there was like band gigs going on for young people, underage, often with school bands and stuff, but were all really good mm. all the time. But yeah. what would happen is it would be like bands up until midnight and then DJs and producers and stuff would start yeah. at midnight and it would kind yeah. of turn into a little rave yeah. at the end. And like so my first kind of, you know, um, experiences with electronic music were that way. But it's sort of at the same time I've, I've like been into rollerblading yeah. since I was about seven. Yeah. Um, again, like music, pretty terrible rollerblader, but I love it. Yeah. And like it, it rollerblading 
you know, used to be transmitted via these videos with cool soundtracks. Yeah. So I was also really into hip hop from and like drum and bass and stuff. Yeah. From because that'd be the, rating, stuff the stuff that's on the videos, music on yeah, the videos yeah. you know. So like you know, it was always a little bit of this, a little bit of that at high school, and around the time we were, in, I was in bands. We also started playing around with music production. Yeah. So it was first kind of with my buddy Isaac, who was like a fair bit older than me, maybe like five years, four or five years older. And he was like right into DJing hip hop on vinyl. And we'd like make drum and bass on Music 2000 on the PlayStation 2. Like, oh, oh yeah, really? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. He was like the master, like just like smashing out these complex beats on this like PlayStation program, you know? And then at school, they had like the earliest version of Fruity Loops. Yeah. I think it was like. When two. it was called Fruity Loops. Yeah. Like yeah. two or something. Yeah. I remember playing with. Yeah. yeah that was like basically just like a sequencer and like. A drum machine. I remember like, at the time it was yeah. like you'd be like, "Oh, what you can, you can click on the little boxes and it makes a beat." You yeah, know? I was like, "Oh, this is amazing! Like, yeah. incredible!" Yeah. So like you know, I started to play around with like making music that way yeah. as well at school. Dabbled in it. Yeah, but like the band thing kind of gave way after a while. Yeah, and it, it all like a lot of those band people ended up going to the doofs as well. Yeah. So we sort of just transitioned to that, and like I'd. Always played around DJing, but I wasn't, I wouldn't call myself a DJ. Like, yeah, yeah I probably like started fiddling around when I was 14 or 15. Yeah. But um, it wasn't really until the band thing was really done and I was right into, into electronic music at that stage. Yeah. And it was Psytrance. Yeah. And I'd start, I'd start to actually get a bit serious about making music and I'd been making all these Psytrance tracks, you know, and they were like not at the time I thought, they were cool and then afterwards I thought they were really rubbish. And I listen to them again now and I'm like, eh, weren't that bad. Yeah. You know, but it was like really cool, ideas, cool ideas. Just probably yeah. not executed yeah, exactly how, yeah, yeah. Still all right. Yeah. But I remember like the the reason I got into, I wanted to learn to DJ properly and this is at the stage when there was only really CDJ 100s and CDJ 1000s, yeah. you know, and no one and had the one. one the one, 1000s were the new thing. Yeah, and I was like, like oh. fresh. Oh, my God, you can like. But, you know, I learned on CDJ 100s and i got to credit my friend Dwayne, DJ Player One, who's like pretty well-known Psytrance DJ from Cairns, still plays all the time. But I remember one time we came back from a club event and he had to work at like five in the morning and we got home at like midnight. And he's like, I got to crash. But he taught me how to queue up on the CDJ 100s because I didn't have a clue how the why, why the play button went or anything like that. You yeah, know, like I'm, yeah. Came from like a vinyl kind of knowledge, which like they don't, they didn't translate to me at all at that stage. But yeah. he taught me how to queue up, left me in his lounge room with his decks. And by the morning, I'd kind of like learned how to stuff out, beat yeah. match, you know? And I think I played my next gig within a couple of weeks of that. Yeah. Cause I'd always well embedded in, in the kind scene, of doof yeah. scene or, and I had the tunes. I'd been collecting them yeah. for years, you Just know? Have, yeah. And like play, yeah. my first advertised gig was in support of really good friend of mine, Richie, who used to be in a group called Mantrix. Mm -hmm. He's now Interpulse, quite famous. Actually yeah. ended up releasing Interpulse's first album on open records years oh, later. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But I was supporting Richie and I played, apart from one Sun Control Species track, I played all my own music. Yeah. Until this year, it was literally the only time I ever played any of my music in my sets. Because I kind of just got swept up in the DJ thing and realized yeah. the music I was making didn't even come close to the stuff I had yeah. 
that I wanted to DJ, you know. So yeah. I just got really swept up in the DJing thing. And while I kept like playing around and producing and stuff and I'd make the odd track, but I was never happy with them, Yeah, you know. And I'm like to this day I still I'm not really unless I'm like teaming up with a friend or whatever, you know. Yeah, I still yeah. got a little bit of work to go I think. But I'm definitely way more vibed out this year now. I've got tune out with yeah. Will and stuff and some cool stuff in the works with Butters and Will as well. And then that just gets you excited yeah. to keep doing more. And but, you know, like-, like that's kind of the path in, you know. It was like I was sort of just music was just always what I did. And then, you know, at the same time as I was, you know, I got into I graduated or not didn't even really graduate. I did my cadetship. I went to uni for a while, then finished my cadetship at the Cairns Post yep. newspaper and I became the entertainment editor yep. and was just covering music, arts, movies, yeah. all the fun stuff for like the first eight years of my career. So there was a period there where, you know, my whole life was like write about music and put together this street press yeah. and magazine lift out for the newspaper yeah. every week during the week. And then the weekends I was either out reviewing gigs for the paper or playing them myself. Yeah. You know, so like there was a whole, you know, period of my life where it was just all music. And like it was cool, it was amazing, but I did get a little bit burnt out towards the end. Yeah. And I found now... Like I moved down here and took a job in the regular news, editing a couple of the local papers around Brisbane. And, um, yeah, I think now that they're separate worlds, I actually feel like my music is really my passion and yeah. it's not like a job anymore. So when you're working on the music, you're not like, oh, I'm at work. Like this yeah. is, it doesn't it feel felt, like work. It yeah. feels like something you enjoy doing. Yeah, it felt passion. like my whole life was like working for music for a while. And that was yeah. cool because it's like when I kicked – the goals and started open and, yeah. you know, got involved in running events and things like that. But it really wasn't until I moved down here. There was definitely a period where I did get burnt out. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Because, yeah, when you when it's your whole life, like it's great, but, you know, I, I suppose the, the thing you were doing for the work for the paper wasn't necessarily your thing. No. You're still doing it for someone else. Yeah, totally. And, look, you know, when you're literally forced, like I used to get sent nearly every CD that ever came out in Australia and you're like forced to like listen to it. listen to a bunch of music you don't really like yeah. that much. Yeah. And most of the time you're writing about stuff. It's, it's not, not your really passion. your passion or your vibe. It's your yeah. job and I'm happy to do it and support it. Yeah. And I like such a wide range of music that it wasn't like. Yeah, it wasn't you know, too tedious or anything. But, you know, there was a period, I guess, when I'd been doing it for such a long time that I'd did burn out and I needed a break and, you know, that sort of coincided with the open stuff we talked about earlier when things kind of went, went down a little bit. You had a bit of a break. Yeah, I had a bit of a break. And so I stopped for a while and then when I got down, moving to Brisbane was such a great thing. Yeah. You know, I think. that change, right? Change, you know, coming to a fresh scene, having fresh opportunities. Took me a while to like kind of really build build myself into the scene. But. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me feel like I'm part of the furniture now. Yeah. And, you know, like um, it's really inspired me to be a better better musician, better DJ, all these things. I think there's a lot to learn playing in a place like Brisbane. Yep. You know, and like the community, like I said, it's really vibrant here and everyone's really passionate. So I've learned a lot off my friends and people I've yeah worked with and whatever and like kicked goals that I hadn't kicked when music was my full deal you know like yeah. get, getting a tune out for me this year even though like you know it's it's taken me 13 years of running the label to do that yeah you know compiled plenty of compilations and done dj mixes and things but never yeah. had anything really i could 
you know, say was part my own at least. And yeah. now I do, it's just given me this whole like yeah. rush of inspiration and I actually just literally splurged 4K on a new MacBook this week so yeah, I can really yeah. get serious about doing it myself and I just moved into a new pad as well. Yeah, sick. It's got a little studio room, like study, but it's just perfect for a music studio. So Yeah, a little just, space. Yeah. It's always good to have a little yeah. space dedicated to the yeah, music totally. kind of thing, yeah, like it? I've been working from home as well so it's like kind of doubles as an office, gets yeah, me yeah. out of the bedroom and the laptop, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I feel like it's the start of a real new chapter in what I'm doing. You know, awesome. I've got something. And that all mind. started from COVID then. Yeah, yeah, so totally. Really, well, I, you know, like, because, like, what were you doing when, like, so COVID's hit, how did that change your plans for open records and stuff? And so what happened when, when COVID sort of hit? It changed my whole life, really. Yeah. There's... Uh, this year's been. I know a lot of people have haven't had a greatest year. Yeah, and I like. I'm totally like. I just feel for everybody who's struggled through this. I know, yeah. like a very large group of my friends lost most of their work overnight. But that's because we're so entrenched in the yeah, music industry. If, like, if that was all your my only friends thing. are unemployed kind yeah, of thing. That's yeah, it. if that was your only. It's thing, coming back it's, now and yeah. it's getting better. But yeah. But yeah, like for me, it's actually just. It's actually been a great year. Um, like, you know, I work. In the news, obviously, the COVID thing is the greatest news event of anyone's lifetime. Probably will be remain to be the only the greatest thing that I. It's historic. You know, yeah, it's like it's nothing a, like this. We're living through ever, a historic moment like this before. You know, yeah. So not only did my work not only like just get majorly busy, like I never yeah. stopped working. Yeah. But I also like I had I'd booked in an operation. For my nose, I yeah. got punched in the face when I was like 15, and gradually my nose kind of just shut up over my life. And I was having oh, okay, yeah. a bit of trouble breathing, and it was kind of having some flow-on effects to my health and things. So, finally, bit the bullet with my private health insurance and booked yeah. this operation in. Yeah, and I was like likely to be out of action from life for like two, three months while that recovered. Anyway, yeah, and I was literally the last operation. That happened. The last one. Literally, my doctor before said to me. Before they were like, no more operations. Yeah. Yeah. He said to me as I was about to get my like anesthetic in the hospital, he's like, You're <laughs> you are literally the last guy I'm gonna see before the lockdown kicks in. Now You're count s- backwards from ten. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, I was preparing myself for a two, three month chill period anyway. Basically, everybody else had to do exactly the same because yeah, we went into you were like the, to. the biggest lockdown bit for Queensland at that stage. Yeah, um, it was pretty like hardcore. Like yeah. the recovery wasn't nice, and I couldn't do. I couldn't even have a hot shower or coffee. Yeah, like, like what did you actually have to have done? Because because I, I I've had a nose thing, but it's because I've got allergies and like they had to scrape out. They had to break my nose, like all this stuff. Basically, yeah. my septum was like a zigzag. And from being punched and it had like healed Your that inner way. nose was, yeah. was crooked. So That's what I like, had. Yeah. I had that same thing. They had yeah. to like drill out. They also had to remove some cartilage off my turbinates, which are like little yeah. flaps in your nose that stop big things getting up there because they yeah. kind of overcompensated over 20 years of yeah. growing. So like my whole nose is basically, I only like 20% capacity in each nostril. Yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, I basically, yeah, got that done and like you know you're literally bleeding from your face for like a month afterwards more so beforehand did they give you uh because i remember when i did it and i was like 18 or something they give you um they give you medical grade cocaine sprayed nah, up your nose didn't get anything like that oh, I, just had, I had that because nah. it's like because it's to 
for what I had to do, it um, shrinks the blood vessels yeah. so you don't bleed as nah, much. I just had, I had to like, it's pretty gross, but I had to like yeah. wash my nose out with a flow bottle like yeah, yeah. a few times a day. And yeah, so, like some of the stuff that was coming out in the first bit, I'm not even going to talk about here. Yeah, it yeah. disgusting. I had to do yeah. some of that stuff, yeah. yeah but yeah. what that forced me to do is, you know, like one, I had to really look after my health, you know, and it's not that I don't. I'm a pretty healthy person most of the time anyway, but. I couldn't do any exercise for three months or two and a half months until I got the all clear. Yeah, because yeah, like any kind of no, but any kind of bleeding, just pumping blood. That's why I couldn't have coffee or have a hot shower because yeah, it okay, pumps up yeah. your blood and make, makes my nose bleed. So, like, I had to really just like do a full adjustment of my life, and I sort of got into like me- meditation and stuff, which I hadn't been oh, doing yeah. for a while. I like as soon as I could exercise, I really got stuck into the blading again. Because yeah. it was like the most easiest form of exercise. Blading's like, fun too. Yeah, it's the best. Like, like I love it. Yeah, yeah. And and I also like had to like think of something to do while I was basically bailed up in bed. So all these things sort of came together to be a perfect storm mm. of, you know, like bettering my life. Yeah. And like I feel like after all this, and I'm completely lucky to say this, I realise it's I'm not trying to rub it in in any way to anyone yeah. who's had a tough time. but. It was actually a huge kind of blessing to me. This yeah. whole thing happened because it's just forced a real rethink of my life, you know. And I think, you know, there's a bit of a lesson in that. I think this whole thing, bad and good, has had an effect, you know. Yeah. And I was thinking about this before. It's like the music that we love, House and Techno, mm. it kind of really rose out of that same a struggle period as well. Yeah, yep. I don't know if anyone's ever seen High Tech Soul, but if you really want to see a documentary about how techno really started in Detroit, yep. well worth watching. Explains it from the point of view of all of the literal four guys that were like doing it from like the start. The Godfathers. The Godfathers. If you will. They yeah. call them the Belleville Three because one of they had a fight with one of them. And he just got written out of the history books because the other oh, three. Oh, really? Like They're him, like, no, fuck that guy. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. a dick. Fuck him. Pretty yeah. much. But, you know, it's like people like Wyatt Atkins, Kevin Saunderson, Derek yep. May. They're the Belleville Three, you know. And then, like, some later guys like Richie Horton and stuff who lived across in Canada but came over to Detroit yep. to party. But it's like the story of how techno started. And, you know, like, Detroit at that period was in, like, complete shutdown. You know, it used to be the yep. car making. Still, it still yeah. was, but what had happened was like all these people whose parents had worked in the factories, all the factories got automated by machines and suddenly you've got a whole city, five million people, with all no the adults out, out of work, you yeah. know. So the whole city just turned derelict. Like you literally wouldn't have walked down the main street of Detroit during the middle of the day because it was so dangerous. But these guys who like had been listening to stuff like craft work and, you know, yeah. early other synth groups and like Chicago house had started to happen in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's which is only, you know, a few hundred Ks up the road from yeah. Detroit. They're very close. Yeah, they're close, yeah. Some just on a side note, when people ask me what's the difference between house and techno, I often just say like two hundred and sixty two miles. Yeah. <laughs> literally the two cities where it started. But you know, I remember like these guys are saying in the docker, it's like the city was completely downtrodden. But from that came an opportunity. They had all these empty spaces all over the city and in the early days techno was just a bunch of poor black people dancing to music all night in an empty space they didn't do drugs 
They weren't getting drunk. They just had a strobe light, some tunes, speakers, and a bunch of people dancing. In like a in warehouse a, or, yeah, in a, or, warehouse or, or, or in an abandoned yeah, yeah, space or whatever. It. And that's where this whole thing started. You know, so I think there's a lesson there. Yeah. That anyone who's feeling like, you know, things are pretty tough at the moment or like, and I know it's hard to think about anything when you might be struggling to even like make ends meet. Yeah. But there's always an opportunity to be had in, in, a, in a bad situation. Yeah. And I think like I taught myself that this year, that yeah. like something that I was kind of really anticipating to be horrible ended up turning out to be really good for me. And yeah. it's because I made decisions to do what I could in yeah. this, with the tools that I had yeah, rather yeah. than getting all like, oh, I'm so laid out and it's painful yeah. and, uh, you know. But I think it's what you were talking about before. It's about having a, having a purpose, mm. you know, like for a lot of people in the music industry, it's been like this has happened and I'm not DJing anymore, particularly for people who just DJ. Yeah. They don't produce. They're like, well, what's my purpose now? I yeah. don't really have a purpose. And so it's hard to get motivated for things. But, you know, that's why I think, you know, producers and things maybe do have a bit more purpose because they're like, I can spend time doing it. But I think that's something that um, that I've tried to really push for people is like if you can find a purpose in this whole thing, you can't do whatever your old purpose was, no, you know. It's gone. So it's never, what's your new might, thing that you're going to be able to we do? We might never go back to the way things were. You know, uh, well, you I know, don't think I'm not saying, I'm I don't not think it will. No. I don't think it's always going to be different. It's yeah. always going to be different. Something something big's happened, and it's readjusted the way everyone yeah. thinks about things. But you know, even if you are a DJ, yeah, live streaming, yeah, that has absolutely exploded. Yeah, and there's people who are perhaps, excuse me, like just a bedroom DJ before, yeah, but now maybe have a thousand people who've watched them, yeah, DJ, yeah. And that wouldn't they before. They never have seen them because they never got a gig before, yeah. you know? And it shows, yeah, like obviously dance floor and all these things are like a huge part yeah. of what we do. Yeah. But it also shows that like if you make the best of your situ, mm. then you can hit the ground running again when, you know, like I think when things really do kick back off again, anybody who's been pumping out mixes and tunes during this Doing break, things. Doing things. Promoters, clubs. Everyone's watching. Yeah. We're all We're watching. We're all at home going, okay, We're cool. all watching what everyone's doing. So yeah. if you're someone who's doing something cool, yeah. putting in the effort, working, still, you know, passionate about it, it shows that you're actually passionate about it. Uh -huh. You're not just there for the the clout. Yeah. You're not just there to be the fucking the guy with the bar tab or the guy up at the – or, or yeah. girl, sorry, guy or girl. Yeah. Um, up – you know, on the decks being the popular famous person with the lights and all that. Like it shows that you're actually, that's not, you love the thing. Yeah. Not the result, the yeah. thing. Like I we were would, talking about earlier, you know. If I was you know? like looking at a new person to book at yeah. the end of all this, yeah, I would be thinking about who really gave it a red hot go and did yeah. well. You know, obviously you got to be up to scratch. Yeah, yeah. But You've got to again, be like with a live stream, it's pretty easy to see if you're up to scratch. Yeah. You know, like everything's captured on video. Yeah. Like, and it's live. Yeah, it's live. Yeah. It's happening. So, you know, I think that's where a case of being a go-getter really does yeah. make a difference because it's like people are watching. Like back to what we said earlier, you don't always see that they're watching. Yeah. But you, people are. are watching. Not people everybody watching. likes everything. Not everybody comments on everything no. online. Doesn't mean they haven't watched it, yeah. you know. Like I often will be just sitting there bored, scrolling through, watch 20 minutes of a mix or something. Yeah. You know, even if I don't listen to the whole thing, it's, I've mm. still seen it, you know. 
Yeah, you still got yeah. got the idea of what's yeah, going that's on. It. Yeah. And like, yeah, you need to see like there has been some innovation in the space. You know, we've got things like the virtual Burning Man, which like I went to, and frankly, the the idea was probably cooler than the execution a little bit. In some, I mean, regards. they didn't have much time. To, no, that's it. But, you know, but because because that's the that's the um, that's the internet at in nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Or whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. Like, like, you know, that's. But it the, happened. Like, you yeah. can cruise around, watch DJs playing in a virtual world, people doing it in Minecraft. There's whole festivals of Minecraft now, you know? This I is think, the baby. This yeah. is the baby beginning of it. Yeah, that's it. And there's just like, this is only going to get, like, you think people are going to forget about this when, like, it all, this is all over and we're back dancing again? Yeah, right. Hell no. Everyone's going to keep streaming. Imagine if you could go to a club in fucking. The UK or Germany or something from Brisbane. Yeah, I mean that's, in a VR. You know what I mean? It's like, going to be happening. Like we're on the cusp of like, yeah. you know, ten years. What's virtual reality going to be like? It's going to be like real. You're going to be able to walk yeah. around a venue in with an Oculus Rift or whatever, and yeah. it's going to be like almost like looking at the real thing. I mean, you only need to look at video game graphics or whatever now. Yeah. To see how close we are, like crossing. It's going to keep getting crossing getting that better line. And better. You know? I had no, one no, of no. the development kits, the Oculus Rift, like yeah. five years ago. Yeah. Like, oh, I was the graphics are so average, yeah. but the concept was there. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you go do the the VR stuff in Brisbane, even yeah. if the graphics aren't great, like you walk up to like there's a zombie one in Newstead near where I live. If you walk up to the edge, you know, of the drop off, even though it's not actually there. Your brain kind of goes like, I don't, don't want to step walk. up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's like, you know, how long is it going to be until that line is crossed and we are living in that world of what we thought 2020 would be like, frankly. You know, we thought we thought we'd have hoverboards by now. We've got lime scooters. You know, it's not exactly lived up. To- <laughs> it's not exactly the same. <laughs> but, There's still yeah. assholes riding around on scooters yeah, fucking yeah, people up. That's yeah, it. But, but yeah. you know, like, I don't think we're really that far off. That high-tech future, like if you think about even 10 years ago, how Yeah, different. how far, like how things just progress so quickly yeah. these days, you know, and yeah. and definitely watch this space because working on yeah, some stuff. I think I messaged, uh, I mentioned it earlier before. Happening. So Something we're, we're working on some seal, cool stuff, but um, we'll see how that works. But I've um, always been kind of fascinated with futurism, you know. I'm kind of into sci-fi and... Same. I'm always like, what's next? Yeah. What's the next thing? Yeah, like, what can it. we do? And there's so much of that that feeds into each other, you know? Like yeah. often things like art help inspire oh, the things definitely. that follow, you know? The only, yeah. like, early comics. Like I remember like Tintin went to the moon, you know, 50 years before they went to the moon. The yeah. whole idea was actually pretty close. Yeah. You know? But it's like... That's it, it. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's like there's so much stuff. Because that... art is such a creation and imagination. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, oh, well, we could actually probably make that happen eventually. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, and that's that's how this stuff works. And, you know, maybe that's why I don't think there's some great conspiracy with The Simpsons. Like they say, I think they were just like a visionary thing. The amount of things that happened on The Simpsons, Donald Trump being president, all this stuff, you know, people think that's some like Illuminati thing. Nah, it's yeah. just like good art with forward-thinking people who could, like, capture what was going to happen in 10 or 20 or 30 years' time, you know? And also the world's crazy and that kind of shit can just happen sometimes. I mean, anything can happen now, let's face it. Yeah, yeah. If you thought back a year ago and said, what would you be doing in 2020? I I predicted when COVID, like, started hitting and, like, 
March, April, March kind of time. I was like, you watch this. What's good. Or whenever Biden was yeah. said that he was going to be the thing. I said, you watch this. What's going to happen. Trump and Biden are going to get COVID. Yeah. They're both going to die. Yeah. And then America's going to put um, Kanye in as the caretaker. <laughs> and he's never going to leave. He's going to be there yeah, forever. He'll be, Kanye. Yeah. So, um, you know, like <laughs> All hail it's slowly getting Kanye. closer because, you know, uh, Trump's please. got COVID. We just need Biden to get uh, it. Please, and don't, then, please don't put and then Kanye, Kanye in. I know. Uh, Wait, but like it'd be funny, but like the guy would have the nuke codes. Yeah, I, know. I think that's yeah. very safe. I, I, I don't think it's safe either, but yeah. I think it's just hilarious that it's sort of like slowly playing out. This week, on keeping I... up with Kardashians, we're going to nuke a small country. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No. <laughs> no, I think you know. Unfortunately, we do lack visionary leaders yeah. in all parts of the world right now. Yeah, definitely. That's how we're going to get through this. The best way is if we can actually, you know, get put some people in power that know what they're doing and it isn't but just I think a that's the problem with like show. big large establishments is they don't think outside the box because they're so trained to be fit within the system that they yeah. don't think outside and it, it, it's kind of hurts yeah but maybe maybe that's then. what this thing's about you know like who knows you know like I think every century if you look at it has had one or multiple events that have really yeah. changed the course of humanity you yeah. know Last century, you had the Great Depression. You had the First and Second World Wars. You know, you had Vietnam. Like all the revolutions. You know, and, you know, you know, had the technology, te- technology revolutions. The so, internet. Yeah. Like, you know, huge. That's it. So we're just at the start of that now, you know. Like, yeah. If you think about it, like, the internet hasn't been around for that long. It was. Uh, what, 20, 30 years? Well, more than yeah. that. They had, like, you know, networks in NASA. Networks don't count. That, that like like yeah. the internet, that, as the it internet, is. But, like know. we said, the the late nineties is when it started to yeah. be to the public kind of thing. And I think, actually, back to Detroit, you know, yeah. like that was one of the things that in, differentiated House from Techno is that the guys like Juan Atkins were reading books by Alvin Toffler, who's a really well known sci fi author. Oh, okay, and yeah. he's like the guy they say you know predicted the internet in his novels well before it was a thing you know yeah and you know the reason techno is not called detroit house that nearly happened they were calling it detroit house yeah and there was a compilation coming out and it was initially called the future sound of detroit house but on it there was a track by Wyatt atkins so i think it was his cybertron which was his original project which if you listen to now is basically sounds like techno today but just with not as good production yeah but there was a track on there and he'd read out a sample from an Alvin okay. Toflin novel. Yeah. And it was, we are the techno rebels. At the very last minute, they changed the name of that compilation from the future sound of Detroit house to the future sound of Detroit techno. And I know that there have been some people calling it techno in Germany before that, but that was like all electronic music. And maybe that's where that dichotomy of like people who just call all dance music techno <laughs> and techno being a genre yeah. comes from. But like... That is how literally why there's even a difference between house and techno these days is yeah. that. And it was a sci-fi novel. It was that futuristic idea, like house in Detroit. I mean, house in Chicago was all funky yeah. and disco influenced, yeah. you know, and Detroit it was a bit more machine like because all their parents yeah. got replaced in their jobs by machines, you know. Man, like, that's it, a pretty like. That's cool. If you think about that. I never pretty, knew. Like I didn't know that's that. That's a pretty sci-fi thing to happen. Yeah, that's know? cool, man. Like, well, it's this, cool for the story of yeah. it. Yeah, and there was at like, the time, I'm sure it sucked. No, 
And like house did predate it a little bit, but there was a DJ in, in Chicago, his name escapes me at the moment, who was playing all the house and disco and stuff. And he was like the coolest <laughs> DJ in that part of America. And he picked up that early techno music from Wine Atkins, Derek Maker and Kevin Saunderson and the like. And that's sick. And like started playing it too. And that's really yeah. how our whole thing kind of arose. It, it was probably took till it escaping to Europe. Yeah. For it to really explode. Explode. And become yeah. like the thing that is today. Yeah. Came from a very small scene in America. Mm. They say it's like football, you know, like soccer. Soccer was invented in, you know, the States. Yeah. But it took going to Europe. For a touch northern, it, yeah. You know, the northern cities of London and Berlin and things to like that to really thing. become a huge yeah. thing. But, you know, like, yeah, it's just I find that stuff really fascinating. I'm a real huge history buff as well. So. I always say, like, it's important to know where you've come from to know where you're going. Totally. You need to totally. know the history and totally. stuff. You I know. think that's been lost a lot, though. I think that's one of the characteristics of this whole world we live in now, everything being so fast-paced and information being all there, is that, like, people don't even, like... Know, know or care. Know about the history of the they thing that they They don't care either. They don't care. They don't go and find it. Like, I think that was... I think I'm at that age where I still remember when you had to, like, for instance, buying hip hop CDs, there was no way to hear the latest tunes. If you try to load a tune on the internet when I was 13, <laughs> it took like 24 hours to load a like two minute sample MP3, you know, because the internet was so slow. So, how I'd have to get music was I'd like buy the Source magazine, which was like this big US hip hop magazine. And I'd and like, it would describe it, it to would you. It would like, there'd be a review on yeah. the latest thing and they'd like tell you this is dope or it wasn't. And I'd go into like my local sanity and like order it off my friend Ed, who's this like pro skateboarder dude covered in tats. Yeah. And you know, I super into the tunes. Yeah. Just D- DJs as well. Yeah. And like he'd like order me in these CDs from the States and I'd pay like, you know, 50 bucks for an album yeah. when they, all the rest were 30 because they were stocked in the stock. You didn't, now everything's just served to you by an algorithm, you know? Yeah. I think the, the illustration of it is remember when like, Paul McCartney from the Beatles did a song with Kanye. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh, on yeah. Twitter, everyone was like, man, this Paul McCartney guy is going to blow up. It's like, are you serious? Like, it Paul is, McCartney has sold like a billion records. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I remember yeah. seeing that. You know, that was so like, hilarious. How could anybody not know who the freaking Beatles are? You know, like, yeah. and that just blows my mind that you could even like listen to any kind of yeah. music and not know that history. But Same that, with um, the the new thing with uh, Lil Nas and Lil Nas and um, Billy Ray Cyrus, yeah. Cyrus yeah. with that with that thing. Was like, oh, this Billy Ray Cyrus. It's like, yeah. are you Mate, serious? It's like, Miley's dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think there's a real disconnect now, and I think it's really healthy knowing where you come from and what the things you love. You know, you got to appreciate that. You know, you know people like. It, there is a sense of kind of black culture appropriation in house and yeah. techno music, you know, and there's a lot of things that some white boy in Sydney never realises that his music comes from the ghetto in, in America, you know. Like yeah. you kind of got to respect that and you got to respect, yeah, definitely. you know, where the roots are to really n- know where to go with this. And, and like, to be honest, like history repeats itself. Yeah. So like what you're talking about now with – with, you know, this time of, of COVID, I'm not saying that it will, but maybe another genre will be born from this just because of the, you yep. know, the tough times and, you know, 
maybe it could be you. Yeah. It could be, you know what, what I mean? mean? Like, do fresh shit. Yeah. And, and you might and, end up being, you know, 20 years time, you might be that guy. You might be the Wine Atkins of. The one who invented. Yeah. Fucking, I don't know. Yeah, what like the, even, I don't know. I can't even come up with a even, name for the know, new like genre. I said, even the most like biggest genres in the world were literally played by a few people when yeah. they started. Like, yeah. Just a handful of mates. Yeah. You know, little, little scenes can build big things when they, when yeah. they spread. You know, yeah. you, you don't have control of that spread. And you don't know how it's, what's going to happen. No. You don't know. And you've just got to put it out so there. You've you got, know? yeah, you got to put it out there and just hope. And you never know, like something happens and something happens. And that's, yeah. honestly, that's just how life works. Like yeah. you do something and then all of a sudden other opportunities rise. When you, pop up when you hear you like the origin story of any, anything, yeah, it's always so crazy. Yeah. Like it's like you couldn't. Write that shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the most best author in the world wouldn't be able to really be as creative as how it really goes down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like I find that fascinating. And I think yeah. anybody, I, I encourage anybody who like is really into something. Yeah. You should like check out where it came from yeah. and what the people that, that made it happen and like yeah. appreciate that. And like it's cool to pay homage to that. Mm. You know, that's where I think. Paying homage is healthy, mm. you know? Like if you can put a nod to the things that stood before you yeah, but do it in your own way, yeah, that's the best kind of anything. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Whether, like I said, it's taking doing. influence but not copying. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate, you know? Appreciating it, yeah. yeah. So when it, Good I'll, artists copy, bad artists steal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't that the opposite to what it usually yeah, yeah, is yeah, that, that they say? Yeah, that's about sampling. That's just that's yeah, a shirt yeah. I used to have. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to know, um, you know, Open Records. Where did the name come from? How did that start uh, for Open Records? Respect to Algernon Renton, I think, on that one. Yeah, um, quite a popular producer. Makes Psytrance under Positive Thought and mm -hmm. uh, Glitch Hop under Staunch. And with, with my other friend J-Mo and a bunch of other funny projects, Mustard Tiger, I think is one of the other ones. Yep. <laughs> but it just used to be one of the things that he said, let's get open, meant like, you know, party. Let's get loose, like party. Party, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And let's it also get kind of, open. Yeah. But it was also like, <laughs> it was just, it was just, you know, we were at outdoor parties. Yeah, yeah. You know, where so you basically got the sky. Yeah. You know. I mean, you're in Cairns. Yeah, so. that's it. And yeah. we were all, it was always like our ethos wasn't, you know, it wasn't about a genre. Yeah. So yeah. it just kind of fit, you know. It's open and to anyone. It's yeah, open, that's it. Yeah. It was just, and like just attitude and life and whatever. It was kind of, yeah, d definitely didn't like really name it. And to be to be fair, um, the the name was actually originally there was a events production company that I was involved with but wasn't a main part of called Open Productions and they used okay. to do a festival in Cairns. But my the guy I started the label with, Ian, was one of the main guys and – Initially, we oh, so he was one of the main guys of the open production, productions, yeah. yeah. And initially, we were think, trying to think of a name for ages, and like we were, you know, there was a festival coming up, and eventually we just went, why don't we just call it Open Records? It'd yeah. be a separate thing, but like, yeah. you know, it comes from the same place. So that's where that's where the name came from. So it's, it came from it was playing homage to where it yeah, came from. Yeah, it's like a gift gift from the gift from the universe. And shout out to all the original Open Productions. OGs, Crew and you know, yeah. Mossy, Ian, Trainer, Dwayne, all the guys that were behind that because, like, I wouldn't have this thing that I do right now without that name. It's, like, it's a pretty yeah. cool name, I reckon. And yeah, yeah, exactly. People still yeah. comment on it, you know. 
and I think it just fits what we do in so many different ways. Yeah, yeah, cool. So what have you got coming up? Like, obviously, you said you've got the the Jophol album um, that you guys are working on. Um, yeah. But what what else can you know? We we talked about the the open Sundays. Yeah, open um, Sundays. that are going on. Is there anything else you got going on, yeah, or anything you want to talk yeah, about? Um, Will Boy with Boat was also lucky enough to to score one of the COVID grants. Oh, sweet. So yeah. he got he got this time by the Queensland government. Which shout out to Q Music and, and Queensland government for backing, you know, Brisbane yeah. electronic music. Music, man, you know? yeah, for sure. You know, a lot of the time in the old days, those grants would probably just go to all bands and stuff. So it's cool to see someone like Will get it. He's showed me, I think, eight tracks so far. Still works in progress. Yeah, but that's coming as well. So another album project. Um, we've got some music signed by Funk Form, who's one of the original open artists. One of my buddies, known him. We were like went to school together. We didn't know each other super well at school, but grew up together in camp. Isn't that funny when you like don't, you grow up with someone, go to the same school, and all that? Yeah. Grew up together, but you don't really connect. And then later on in life, yeah. you end up being friends. Oh, we've been mates for like most of our adult lives. He's in Melbourne yeah. right now, but yeah, he's pretty much my favorite producer along with Doppel. Yeah. So we've got some music coming from him. He's got so much tunes, but he's really hard to squeeze them out of. So. I'm glad we finally got. Yeah, like, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I've got all these tunes. It's like, oh no, that one's not good. He though. just writes You're so like, much music that's that he so moves. So sick though. He's like, nah. nah. He just moves on too quickly. But guy's a genius. One of the most amazing producers I've ever met, and I'm yeah. stoked that we finally locked some stuff down there. Uh, got another one coming from Taya, who is uh, from North Coast, New South Wales. Again, solid dude. One of the best producers in Australia, I reckon. Yeah, fat tune. Can't wait to do that. And then I'm actually kind of just actively like probing around for some new stuff at the moment. That oh, doesn't sick. mean flying me with too much tunes. I've got, you know, I'm really keen to get something more from Thank You City happening and I know they've got a bunch of other music on the way. Um, and then uh, we've got uh, Earth Frequency Festival, you know, in February. Yep. Um, yep. We've been running like the Sunday session there for last quite a while now. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing it years, since it was it? like a tiny little doof. Now it's a 5,000 person festival and it's actually run by Paula Bad, who was one of the original Open Records DJs. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, it's very close to home with us there. Um, yeah. And yeah, so this year still got our Sunday session. Um, be a little bit of a different format. Can't talk about that too much at the moment. No, that's but, fine. Um, we, don't want to, we don't want to give away too many secrets. super exciting. Um, Just build a little bit of hype, but yeah. we don't want to give away too But much. it's happening and, like, tickets are on sale and I think by February we're going to be, like, pretty clear with yeah. what's going on. Um, so I, I encourage everyone, you know, and there's Elements Festival as well, you know, where a lot of our guys play yeah. and, again, it's pretty close to home with the people putting it on and stuff. Yeah. All good, really good friends. Trent and all those, Massive yeah. supporters of Open Records for the years. Trent's actually the first person. Uh, that Paul, Paul flew me down uh, to play at Earth Freak when I was still living in Cairns right in the early yeah. days. M multiple times he did that. And um, Trent was the uh, first person that booked me for a Brisbane club show other than Paul. Yeah, nice. I remember I came down. I can't remember what year it was, but. Yeah. Booked me to play with Sun Control Species at the old Bar Soma. Bar Soma R.I.P. Fuck. And got interviewed in Scene Magazine and everything. Like I felt pretty cool, I must admit, at the yeah. time. But, um, yeah, like they're guys. They're guys I've known since day dot. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. Between sort of, you know. Which is awesome when you've got guys who you've known from the beginning and you can still do shit now. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it made my transition into Brisbane a much easier place as well because I'd been coming down to play for years. So I had lots of friends. Yeah. You know, obviously the manifest guys who, the party's not happening anymore, but they were like some of the other early people to book me. So like between sort of Paul, Benny, Renan and Tay and and, uh, Trent, you know, that was like pretty solid yeah. Brisbane promoters. Little that, crew, yeah, that, yeah. That little, always got me down sort and you out, yeah. sorted me out. So, you know, when I did move to Brisbane, it wasn't long until I found friends and stuff and I had a bunch yeah. of people that I knew here already, made the transition yeah. here pretty easy. I mean, I've always, like my my parents are from Brisbane. I yeah, lived on yeah. the Gold Coast. My grand, so you've got a connection to here anyway. uncles, aunties, everything are all here. Yeah. So uh, it was always like a second home to me even when I didn't live here. So, yeah, yeah. it seemed like a natural natural place to end up yeah for sure well man that's it's exciting like I, i've loved the whole chat today and i can't wait to see one of these sunday yeah um, you know open <laughs> sundays that's gonna be when's the first one starting? 11th yeah the 11th of october so yeah, this month couple. and you can stand to drink stand and drink we'll uh, be... and in december we'll be having open weddings yeah so um, you'll be able yeah. to dance uh we're launching a double pro model shampoo no that's a joke but <laughs> andy might get a laugh out of that uh, uh but no it's gonna be cool it's kicks off at three o'clock i think tickets are online now for 10 bucks each all yeah. the money goes to keeping the venue running yeah and supporting the scene supporting the scene like you know and we're that's all, important we're right all now. not making any money off this believe me it's really just no it's, it's like there's for, no it money to be made for yeah. the love at the moment and yeah it's like if you can come along come in early it's gonna be chill music from the start kind of move from chill deep house progressive into like some techier stuff later finishes up 10 30 you know, you can either go home to bed or stay out, you know. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just the usual Sunday business. We're back. Can't yeah. wait to do it and super with all, with all the, the crew and stuff. Yeah. Well, man, I think it's, you know, I think it's so important for people to support the scene and put these things on because without that, like you said, it's not about the money. No. It's about supporting the scene and putting it on and without that kind of stuff and without people doing what yourself and a lot of other people do in the scene, um, it wouldn't, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah, shout-outs so, so, shout to everyone who's, like, you know, pulled up their boots yeah, and kept like it big, going. Like, big ups to you yeah. and, and all the people, uh, Sub Rosa and, and, you know, all yeah, the other all the venues promoters, and stuff, everything. promoters and everything doing stuff. Um, I think, you know, I've always said before this thing happened, COVID happened, that you need people to support the scene who keep it going, who aren't in for the money, um, and even more so now. So yeah. I really appreciate everything you're doing and, all oh, man, of the shout, other people around. Shout outs to you for, for um, supporting as well, you know. That's the thing. It's not just about the people that put it on. It's about the people who promote it. It's about the people who make it, you know, visible. It's about every single person, including just the people who come along to dance. Like yeah, you don't even, the punters. Yeah, like, if you, you guys come along are to important. dance, you're just as important. Or While you're more sitting. Important. While you're sitting for yeah, now. Sitting, sorry. Sitting. Apparently, though, <laughs> yeah. You can wiggle your hips at the bar. Oh. The chief health officer said oh, that. Oh, you can wiggle your hips wiggle at the bar? Wiggle your hips at the bar. I don't know where the line between dancing and wiggling hips is. Does it, is the chief health officer a male? Does he just want people twerking at the bar? No, is that no, what he's she, saying? She's, she's Dr. Jeanette Young. Done a great job through the crisis. You know, say what you will. Yeah. But. Man, tough it, job. Oh, Could man. you imagine the being anyone? The most high-pressure job in, in, in Australia <laughs> like, right now. Everyone's like, nah, that's shit, you're yeah, wrong. Man, like, getting bombarded from every corner, stuck to their guns at least. Yeah. But, yeah, 
look, you can. We're going to be able to wiggle a little bit. We're definitely going to be able to stand. <laughs> there's a bit of wiggle yeah, room. There's some social. Yeah, bit of wiggle room in the there's rules. A bit of by the sounds, room. but yeah, look, and just make sure you do what the venue says because no one wants this to end in tears. Yeah, don't don't like get an inch and take a if mile. We, if we all if we all do the right thing, I think we can come out. Yeah, better, soon. stronger, faster. And yeah. you know what? Otherwise they're going to crack got- down and be like, nah, you're a break in the rules. You yeah. can't stand and drink. It's the, you know, we have a chance to make Brisbane, well, it already is, but we have a chance to make <laughs> Brisbane the most happening city uh, I thought possibly you're gonna use a, in the Southern Hemisphere. I thought you were going to choose a, a choose a Trump quote there. No, and no, no. Make no, Brisbane great no, again. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. It's been great for a long time. Yeah, so. yeah, that's it. We but can, take it to the already, next level. Yeah. Make Brisbane already great. No. Um, but, nah, look, we've got a real golden chance here to, yeah. to lead the pack, so let's all, like, get together and make this shit happen, I reckon. I think that's that's honestly what music and the whole industry should always be about, but yeah. um, I think that's a great way to, to end the podcast. So cheers, cheers man. man. Thanks for coming on, and um, make sure you check out Open Records. And oh, So where can we find them? L- Pretty Socials, much everywhere you can find us. Open records. Yeah, look, look up Open Records. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube, although I don't do enough on YouTube these days. Uh, you can find us, you know, you want our music. It's on Beatport. It's on Spotify, Track Source. It's everywhere. Do you know? You name it. We're there. Pretty easy to find. <laughs> we'll put it. some links in the show yeah, notes and all that kind out. of stuff. So I really check appreciate it, it. And, like, anytime you spend a couple of hard-earned bucks at the moment on artists, not only are you helping us survive, but you're putting, you know, it's feed the hungry, hungry artists fund at the moment, and that's really important. So and supporting the scene. If you've got so. a couple of bucks to spare, it's like the price of a coffee. You can take home like three really good tunes, and like any label, whether it's us or anyone else you support in this time, is like going to be really loving it. So, and you'll get way more enjoyment than that one coffee from three of these yeah, amazing totally. tunes. Yeah. So. All right, man. Literally well, is. Th- thanks for the chat. Um, really loved everything we talked about, and um, yeah, can't wait to to check out one of the Sunday, um, records things. So, mm, absolute pleasure, mate. Peace. Cheers, guys. Bang! There we go, guys. Another episode in the bag. Thanks to Jesse for coming on the show. I really love that chat. Um, about all the stuff in the music industry, um, you know, talking a little bit about cans, where I came from. Um, you know, like I said at the start how techno started um, and just hearing sort of, you know, some of the stuff and some of the messages coming from him uh, around, you know, what what is going on at the moment with COVID and, and the record labels and stuff in Australia. So I really appreciate um, Jesse's time coming on the show. Now, Jesse's actually playing uh, Sub Rosa on Saturday and Sunday this week. Um, so he's going to be playing with uh, Boy With Boat on the Saturday and then on the Sunday, it's the Open Records Sunday party, uh, the first one. So make sure you get down to Sub Rosa this weekend so you can check out Jesse uh, and one of his sets. Make sure you're following Jesse on all his social platforms. So go follow Open Records. Uh, quite easy to find. You can just search for Open Records and there'll be links in the show description for you as well. Um, for Jesse, you can just up, look up Jesse Cush. It's actually spelled J-E-S-S-E-K-U-C-H. So make sure you just go and check out them on all the socials. As I said, there'll be links in all the descriptions here for you as well. Make sure you're following me on our platforms at Koi on everything. Super easy to find. Go to the website, abeerwith.com. Uh, you can go there, check out everything we do. There's links to all our socials and everything there. 
also go to the website, um, you know, grab one of the coolers, um, grab some products that we've got there that we're selling. All the money that goes from that goes straight back into the podcast, into upgrading gear, you know, getting um, get, getting better guests on. I want to start um, looking at getting some guests from out of town uh, and that may require um, some money to make that happen. So uh, if you want to support the podcast, you know, go to the website there. We've still got some of our Coke-scented, you know, Coca-Cola-scented candles, and I'm about to start making a big batch of more candles as well. So stay tuned for, um, you know, the announcement that we've got more scented candles in, you know, coming. Oh, guys, that's it for this one. I hope you're having a great day or night, wherever you are, and I'll see you guys soon for the next episode.